Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I am honored to say that I have Jesus um, General Manager with me. You know, Roma. The first time I saw Roma, I was like, he is so fucking annoying. He was dressed as this unicorn man. He was ripped and he was cheering on the other team. He was making sure that the, the crowd, the unicorns of love crowd was always shouting as an opponent. It always, always annoyed me. I was like, what the fuck is this? You know, this is so frustrating to play against. You have the unicorns fan finding unicorns. I mean, what the fuck is happening in my life to, to face up against this? Like w one of those best of fights that I played against unicorns of love when I when, when it went to 3-2 and we won, that was like a greatest relief in my life. But with time, as I've grown older, I've began to really, really appreciate uh, the magic of, of what you do. <laughs> I, can see, us. I can see it truly, you know, getting to know you and the interaction that I've had with you. I think um, you've always been able to show a very pure form of passion and that's always infectious. So I want to ask you first and foremost... How was your day? I, I want to say, you know, I was waiting for you and I want to reveal to everyone, I respect so much that you are so involved in, in the scrim day today. Uh, the fact that you are there and the hours that the players put in, you're also there. I think that's magnifique, as some people would say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had a good day. I had a really good day. Um, we we lost two days of scrim, oh. uh, which doesn't happen a lot at all. Uh, it was a really, really close day. Uh, okay. We lost 3-4. Uh, um so that that's seven games mm. uh which is a lot of games i'm really happy about it um especially after um after my little tweet uh to close yeah, yeah. The, the, the winter season um because <laughs> i yeah we, the, there has been a lot of talks in europe mm. about the scrim schedule and and the amount of uh, dedication you can put in in games um how easily some teams can remake or not push the game until the end stuff like that mm. um which all all those have, uh, have given me some motivation to, to to tweet after after the end of the split and um my main idea behind this tweet was to force teams to play more mm. um i knew i was gonna get some some hate for it uh people were gonna call us cocky people were gonna call us uh, yeah you're already celebrating blah 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 but at the end of the day I really believe we've built a team with the potential to really be a pain in the ass for, for Asia <laughs> and, and Korea um, and China. So I just need more practice for my boys. Mm. And the best way to have more practice is to get more scrims. And to me, the best way to get more scrims was to shame a bit the, uh, the nine of the teams. Um, so that, that was the tweet. Um, I'm not going to lie. We restarted scrim at the beginning of the week. Mm. At least two of them. Uh, cancelled. Um, oh, okay. So wasn't wasn't too happy because uh, I, I my plan was I put this tweet and then the next time someone has to cancel they're gonna be nah I'm not gonna cancel mm. I don't want to be on the whiteboard. Um, <laughs> but that happened yesterday and today. Uh, both teams we had were like we're gonna play till the end and it did uh, so a lot of games really really good games and today we even lost the scrim day. Mm. Uh, so good challenge, uh, good good draft. Uh, we're ready for tomorrow. Uh, yeah. Really good day. I'm I'm so happy to see this from the best team in the region because in, in always as a person that has always competed in the LEC, I feel like uh, the, the the leader always kind of shapes everyone else in some kind of way. 
And uh, I remember, for example, back in 2018 when we faced the Strong Fanatic, 2019 against G2. It was always about, you know, <laughs> screaming on those days against the best team in your region was such a blessing. Uh, and uh, you should really, really use that opportunity because in the end... Uh, you know, I think when one team does good and that's the leader in the region, it affects everyone else and everyone will have to conform some kind of way because in the end, if they don't, they will just fall behind because evidently you guys are doing something that uh, is so, so right. Uh, I wanted to ask you now on this topic, uh, when it comes to the scrim schedule, what, what, what have people landed on now? Because I, I hear some people still want to do the five game, three one three is what I heard. What, what, what is going yeah. on? Um, so it used to be the, the five games in a row. Mm -hmm. uh, that's what we did last year, for example. Um, but when you go to international events, as you've been many times yes, on yes. your own, um, the way Korea and China works is not the same. They mm -hmm. usually do two blocks. So they do a first block of three to four games, depending on how long the game is. Uh, then they do a break, which can be from one to two hours, uh, where they usually eat or do team activities. Then they do a second block. Uh, then sometimes they even do a third block, uh, mm. which is rare, but that happens. Um, and when we went to those events last year, when we went to MSI, when we went to Worlds, we 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 decided to okay, we want to do the same back home. Uh, we think it's a really good system, and when the best teams in the world are doing it, let's let's go for it. Because when you have just a block of five games, usually you only do four. You only do four because as per usual, teams are cancelling. So yes, you do yes. four, sometimes five. With this current system, you do from six to seven to sometimes eight games mm. uh, because you have two blocks. And the fact you have a pause in the middle allows you to reset really, really efficiently. So I really like this system. Um, and yeah, I was once again super disappointed to see so many teams cancelling. And, and I read a lot of the debate going online after after my tweet, and and it was interesting to see the public opinion, you know. And mm. some of those opinions to me were just simply wrong. Like when you see people saying, "Yeah, but you know, sometimes if they lose too many games, they feel like they're broken, and and mentally they can't keep going." And shut up! Like you're here to 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 improve. You're here mm. to learn. You're here to practice. And and if if our dream is really to lift the World Cup. We have to learn. And when when last year we had to face T1 and RNG in Scream, they destroyed us. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. They played so much better. And, and they, I mean, maybe not better than this year, but at least last year. And it's when when they troll pick and they dismantle you in four or five minutes. Yeah, of course you feel like shit. Especially because the five boys are usually super competitor and they love winning. And... And the chain lose because the guys in front of them play better. Well, that's how you win. We are video game player, and if you want to beat a level, you grind. <laughs> you go again and again and again, and you theory craft and you try new things. And you should you should get excited by losing, especially because those are screams game. There's no real outcome of it outside of you feel, feeling feeling a bit sad and stuff like that. So yeah, we just need more game. This new this new screaming schedule much better. Much better for that. I'm I'm really excited about it. Three one three, I think, is the official name. Even if you can squeeze more games from it. Yes, yes. No, I uh, when I was coaching in Korea, what we were doing was three and then three hour break and then three more games. Uh, okay. So and then we did one hour break into two more games and. Uh, uh, basically, how I love that. It it was very easy to to structure because. When it was work day, it like it, it's it's so silly to call it work for me because it's more of a lifestyle in 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 some shape or form. 
I, I think I it's like finding like a work-life balance doesn't really make sense because it's all becomes life in, in my mind. And we had a structure uh, where we were very fortunate that we had the office and then we had the apartments connected to the office. So everyone just lived there and you could just hear the clicking of the keyboards and the air that was there. The standard was so high for the effort that needed to be put in. So it was so, so easy to keep this momentum of just we are going to put an effort in, in, in these moments. And then when we had break days, I didn't see anyone in the office. Everyone just left. People went home. People went to gaming cafes to play other shit games that I would be unhappy if they played in the office, you know? And it was yeah. such a very, very clear separation. And the, working in that environment, it's so, so easy to just keep, keep pouring in effort because it becomes so, so infectious. But I think it's just deeply rooted in into the culture because in the end, if a team is willing to surrender and give up. The issue isn't, that is an issue, but the fact that that's a conversation and negotiation is often just uh, showing and proving that there are uh, deeper uh, issues at hand uh, in, in my I, experience. I yeah. agree. So I agree. And it should should not be, and, and I've, I've read a lot of the stuff online and mm. people saying, yeah, but sometimes the game is lost, just like remake it. Yes, it is true. Uh, sometimes the game is going to be impossible to win, mm. but that can happen on stage. And yes, yes. yes, we have a limited amount of time to practice, so maybe it would be better to stop the game already, start a new one, because what you can practice the most at the end of the day is early game, mm -hmm. uh, because it, it's always the same, kind of. Yes, yes. Um, but it's, it's, the stuff is, from a team perspective, if you know you don't have to, to, to inflict yourself some pain, because if you even tiny bit failed the beginning you can restart the game then then if a bad invade goes 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 boom then people are going to ask for a remake and then you're not really practicing and and on stage on stage it's going to become really hard and i think it's also it makes it too easy uh, on 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 you if you know if you know you have this safety net of yes, yeah let's yes. ask for a remake all the time so what we did for example it's, it's the first time i have a team of five players we which are all, all aligned on it which is no remake no remake, we're going to play every single game until the end because we want to make it hard for our enemies. Mm. We, want to make, we, we, we want people to step on the stage and know, I'm playing G2. If I want to win, I'm going to have to break them. Mm. I'm, going to, I'm going to have to break both legs, both arms, all teeth, both eyes, everything. And, and, and that's going to be the only way to win. Rather, you have some teams, you know, if you kill them a bit too hard at the beginning, bah, they're going to surrender. Mm. So you, you know the game's gone already. And to be fair, the feeling of G2 2019, the feeling of Fnatic 2018 was like this. Yes, yes. You knew when you were playing them, even if you were 10k behind, maybe they were going to win. Yes, so, yes. of course, the game, the status of the game is different, but this, this mental edge, I think, is really, really strong, and it starts with discipline from scrims. 100%. Yeah, I, I would 100% confirm. Like the, the, the teams that were the most dominant, they were... Tough to beat all the way to the end. Like I have so yeah. many memories of uh, I, I losing 10k gold uh, advantages against uh, G2, against Fnatic. I have so many memories of, of, of losing really, really, really won games. <laughs> and that is definitely a characteristic that defines all of these, these teams that are so, so strong. Um, I think it just allows you to practice problem solving and you are not reliant on positive patterns. And I think positive patterns don't always appear and being able to be flexible and not tie 
the state of the game to your emotional state of mind is something that can become so uh, destructive uh, over over a long period of time for sure agreed i agree with that yeah i wanted to ask you uh, on the topic of like now you've been in g2 since last year and this year too uh, yeah. something that have been, has been so uh, impressive to me as as an observer is um i i imagine uh, since last year you guys won spring and i think that you guys had such a good start and it was very very evident that um, you know there was something there that made everyone seem so aligned on what the process should be and i'm i'm curious i wanted to ask you what is the onboarding process what, what is the preparation you guys do before uh, a season starts because i think this is something that so many teams fuck up and i think that in the current format it is the most punishing thing if you don't prepare in the off season you can really really fall behind yeah i agree so much thank you for this question <laughs> that's my it's uh, my bread and butter <laughs> and i think it's it's uh, it's what makes a good team mm. uh, but not just in league of legends in anything in yes, any yes. in any company it's it's what makes a good relationship in the big big broad definition of of the word um and even even love relationship work relationship it's mm. how much you're going to prep how much you're going to make sure you're aligned on the goal objectives and do you know the person you're going to war with and it's it's a bit the idea of what we're doing here is and that's what we did last year that's what we push to the next level this year um and we spend a lot of time at the beginning of the season to talk about about what i call the past present future you need to make sure we all know our past and then you have to discuss your present to know where you are and then you have to align on what kind of future you want together mm-hmm. um and and especially when everyone in the room should be obvious for one another like if you enter a room with caps you know who caps is everyone knows who caps is in league of legend especially when you are that deep into esports because it's your full time job uh, but maybe caps doesn't know you um and maybe actually you don't know caps that well so just just to to make everyone on the same level um the first day of the back to school workshop first we do a big big workshop which is like a week mm-hmm. uh we did it last year we, we we did it this year again um and i want one week of no league of legends like we're going to have 10 months ideally of spamming the game again and again and again and once you get into the game it's too late already to talk about who you are and and what you want to do and what you want to achieve so i need everyone to sit down to talk about themselves so we do we do the first day of the workshop all together um the five five players for i mean five coaching staff uh, we were back then uh so the five players you know them uh, the five coaching staff you have so me as a as a gm in in charge of protecting a bit the ecosystem you have a head coach um which is dylan uh, we have a head analyst which is rodrigo uh we have a performance coach uh, this year which is ismail um he worked for rogue misfit incredible guy yes, uh, really really happy we have him on board um and we had raf as a team manager he just moved back to csgo but we we had him for league of legends uh and he's he's helping me a lot for all the admin stuff uh because the admin life of a team can take a lot of time and mm. if i do the admin stuff i cannot stay with guys i cannot watch the screen i cannot understand how the day is evolving and help solving all the tiny challenges of a day to day um so that's why i think it's really useful uh, it, it is for me at least to, to have a team manager helping me mm. so you put all those guys in a room and one by one 
they're going to have to to come in the center of the room, sit down on a chair, and sit next to me and tell me their life. And I will ask you all the questions. Your name, your age, your love situation, how many languages you speak. Tell me about your life, like mom, dad, brothers, sisters, so your life before esports. So before, like when you were a kid, where did you grow up? Because we have so many different nationalities. And growing up as a Spanish guy, Portuguese guy, German guy, French guy, Swedish guy, it's the same, but it's not the same. Mm. So by default, you have a different life and you have different values and different understanding of things. So it's important to make it conscious. So put everyone in the room, one by one, they're going to have to talk about all this. Then I ask a lot of silly questions as well. Like if you had to be a color, what color would you be? What's <laughs> your favorite movie? If you failed in eSports, what would you do? And then I'm, I'm also adding some questions which I realize are important. Did you watch Lord of the Ring? Did you watch Star Wars? <laughs> and did you watch Harry Potter? Why? Because I adore the three universe. I make a lot of jokes and references about it. And I realize we're starting to have generations of people who have never watched Star Wars, for example. I know it breaks my heart, but it's life. I'm happy to see most of people did their job and, and uh, they've watched Lord of the Ring. So it's good. At least uh, it's a bit safe. Uh, but yeah, so everyone has to do it. And and so everyone is listening, of course. It takes mm. a full day. Um, and, by, and by the end of the day, everyone has to give the two best anecdotes, the two best moments they've heard from each other's life. Mm. And it creates this really emotional moment where you're sitting with this about to be your team and everyone tells you cool stuff about your life. Uh, so it's a nice way to reflect. And you leave, you leave the day, you feel like you know them. The reality is, you're probably forgetting 60% of whatever has been exchanged. Well, it was there. It happened. And, and, and they, feel, they feel a bit closer to you. And, and it's interesting to see when Caps was G2 2019, where was Yike? Where was Bibi? Where was Isma, actually? And it's, it's fun to see it on the big time, that, that time, that timeline of life mm. to understand the different, the different things which happened. So it puts everyone on the same level, in a way. Because... Uh, it doesn't matter if Caps did two world final and Yak is just starting LEC. Right now, you're on the same team. What's going to be important is your future. And, and a lot of people talk about G2 2019. If you take G2 2019 in December 2018, they don't know they are about to create history. Mm. They, 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 hope, <laughs> they hope for it, but they just switch perks as ADC. You know, they're about to start a crazy adventure. <laughs> They, they don't know how incredible this year is about to be. So it's it's same way we don't know. And I hope we're going to have even a more successful year. You know. So, But it's important that we have the feeling, okay, you want to create history together? Who are the people in your team? So that's that's the past day. Mm. Then, then we have what I call the present day, uh, which is usually the two days after, where it's important for the players to realize who gives them money, G2. Yes, yes. How? So I, I, I do them a lot of presentation about business. Uh, this is the ecosystem, which used to be my job before, so mm. it's, it's easy for me. Uh, those, are, those are how the money flows in the League of Legends ecosystem. You are in Europe. This is how deep it goes for us with all the ERL and, and those beautiful stuff you can see in France, Germany, Spain and stuff. Um, this is how business is done in China, Korea, North America. And you are all part of this ecosystem. We are 
in the esport gender, you play a PC game. Yes, the biggest one, but it's still a bit niche in the grand scheme of the video game industry, which is a good industry. And so I, I need them to understand what kind of jobs they do. And then they meet the whole G2. Every department has to come in the room for five minutes, 10 minutes. It's not a lot, but it's important for players to understand, okay, I, I, I belong now to this organization. And, and, and there's, I have a logo on my chest and I have to fight for this logo. Do I like it? Do I not like it? I don't care. For at least the next year, this is your logo. So <laughs> understand how things work there. Mm. Um, so I think this is also really, really important. Um, we also talk about content because, I mean, you know better than anyone how players hate content, mm. which is stupid. Content is life. Content is money. Yes, and yes. without content, we can't pay them. You know, uh, it's, it's, and, and, and I actually have to talk with them is I can, I can make you a deal where you're not going to do content at all for the whole year, but then I remove 80% of your salary. No one <laughs> has taken this deal yet. So I guess, I guess content is part of the job. Um, but it's important is also to, to understand that, yeah, okay. Content can be complicated for players. So then you need to work around the schedule. You need to book content days a lot of time ahead so they can be ready. And it makes actually the life of your content team easier and stuff like that. So we spend a lot of time talking about this. And then we have what I prefer in the last two, three days, which is future. How are we going to work together? And you have four kinds of day in a pro player's uh, life. You have scrim day, game day, content day, or day off. Mm. That's it. No Monday, no Sunday, no Saturday, no holidays, <laughs> nothing. It's either you play, you play in front of people, <laughs> you sleep, or you're in front of a camera. That's it. And we need to discuss those days. We need to make sure the 10 people in the room have the same expectations of how a scrim day is going to look like. When are we going to start? And then you dive deeper and deeper. What kind of mindset should we have when we practice? What kind of mindset if we remake a game? What kind of mindset if someone is going to troll a pick? What kind of, what kind of? And then I need everyone to participate. So we align on everything. We're going to talk about schedule, the ideal schedule. We're going to talk about your day. Then we're going to talk about values. We're going to talk about non-negotiable. We're going to talk, how are you going to react if you are 06? How, how are you going to react if your top laner trolls again and again? How are you going to react if someone enters a room and start to insult everyone? Mm -hmm. how are you, and, and I want to force all those discussions when we have a clear head because when those stuff happen in the heat of the battle, it's, it's too late. And we're lucky we have five really good and experienced players. Mm -hmm. So they've been there. They understand why it's important. They know why it's important. Why it's important to discuss how are we going to react if when we fly to Korea, we lose 0-6 versus RNG day one, everyone is going to be gloomy mood and stuff. We should not do that. We should already find a way to anticipate this specific moment, work on it, and, and create processes to make sure we're going to be happy there. So, yeah. And then it's a week done already because we spend a lot of time talking. Then Dylan, of course, comes in and talks a lot about how does he envision the game? And every player has to say, this is what I believe is important in the game of League of Legends. Mm. Stupid question, right, for pro players. But it's always fascinating to hear a BB, a Caps, or a Hans explaining how this is a lane, uh, what they believe is important in a draft, what they believe is important in a game, just just to align, just to create those talks. No, uh, I 100% can envision that. Uh, that's so, so, so important. Because in, in a world where you don't, 
if if it's not defined what a pro player should be within a team or what it means to be a part of a team or what it means to be um a part of a group they will figure that out themselves with a lot of assumptions and this is where you see a lot of teams scattering and moving in very different directions you underestimate uh, what it means to be on the same page and align and concentrate your energy in the same same direction and you find yourself in a position where you might do things the way you did them in a previous team and you're trying to apply that in conditions where maybe there's other individuals that are working completely different to you and what it means to have good scrims you go through it and no one it, there was no conversation about it there's going to be five different ideas maybe six seven ideas of what that means and this is where conflict happens and as the heat of the game and the heat of all the patches and all the stress begins to kick in when you try to figure that out mid-season it will seem uh, too late because you are working backwards at that point and i can admit that this was a big problem of ours uh, last year in Fnatic, where we came in two weeks uh, before the split started. We had some contract thing. We couldn't do a bootcamp, nothing. Two weeks in, uh, there was we started screaming on the first day because we felt pressure to do so. And then it's like things begin to come up, and you're playing whack a mole, and then you just you get carried away in the momentum. And the the worst part of it is that you're building an environment and values that are so random, and you kind of move in a direction where. Uh, everything becomes largely inconsistent and reliant on just individual performances rather than a culture and a team that breathes kind of the same air. air. I'm, I'm so happy that my general impression from what I saw from G2 from outside, I'm so happy that everything is being confirmed with <laughs> what you're saying. That's, uh, that's, that's really, really uh, brilliant. Uh, it's important. It's key. And, and it has to come from management. Of course, I believe, for example, I, I spend a lot of time trying to understand how incredible the path of G2 2019 was. Um, and I really believe they were a team led by players. I mean, to be, they had great management. They had, a, I'm not sure I can name him, but they had one of the best manager uh, I believe exists uh, back then. Um, but he also let them do a lot of things. Um, and, and I think they were player led in a way. I believe it is too risky to have a team player led because the players is the one on stage taking all the pressure and yes, is yes. the one here, here to click and to communicate how well can I click. I think he should never worry about his training ecosystem. He should never worry about the, the like the in the pyramid of things he has to worry about, the classic stuff, where he's going to sleep, how he's going to sleep, food, all those stuff. He should have control over it or he should not worry about it. Yes, and, yes. and he should just worry about how he's going to communicate he can be mad, he can feel emotions, but they have to be game-related. So it's the job of the staff to make sure he stays focused, but to make sure they stay in the right ecosystem, you have to extract from them what do they want, what do they need. And, and, and then, then you can go take those war for them, those battles for them to make sure they stay, they stay protected and, and safe. And that's what we're doing, for example, with, with Ismail, with, with Dylan, with Rodrigo, uh, and, and with Raf on, on daily basis to make sure they just... They just focused upon the game again and again, and then from scream, scream, scream are so important. How it's it's like in in traditional sports. It's and and if you take the biggest sportsman in the world, the Ronaldo, the the, the Federer, the Teddy Riner, all those guys, they're all gonna tell you how important practice is, how important it is to be able to do the right move in a non-pressured environment. Because the moment it happens on stage. It's too late to think. 
your brain is going to kick in on its own. All these, these, these good habits are going to kick in. That's why practice is important. And you have to control everything in your life. So the way you see it is, if you're a DJ, you have the, the, the mix, mix table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can make music louder or not as loud by moving the big one, the big stuff into yeah, the yeah. volume. <laughs> but if you really want to make music, you have to touch all the tiny things around it. Mm. And that, that's what's going to create great music. Same way for a player, that could be solo queue. Yeah, the more you play solo queue, the more you will be exposed to the game. But that's not enough to be a good player. You know, you can find people with 40,000 games. They are still bronze one because they play only Ash Jungle. It doesn't work, <laughs> but they like it. So it's going to keep spamming it. They're never going to get better at the game. So for our pros... I assume the relationship to SolarCube should be controlled and, and, and sane. Um, we're still discussing it and challenging it on, on a daily basis. But all the rest has to be controlled as well. The food, the sleep, how you breathe, what you drink, um, how do you structure your day, how per hour. And that's why I'm so lucky to have Ismail, for example, with me, um, to, to, to help the boys with a really... Um, um, knowledgeable approach on how things should be done. I don't know, caffeine intake, for example. Mm-hmm. Really easy, but it's still a drug. <laughs> yes, you, can yes. ca- you can caffeine crash. So be careful how much you take, when you take it, why you take it, and stuff like that. Um, what you eat, all those stuff. We, we're not the only team doing it. I know a team like Mad Lions is doing a really good job. Uh, I know SK is doing a really good job as well. Uh, BDS is, is getting there for sure. Uh, Koi is accelerating as well. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how we're all getting more and more professional, trying to maximize our practice. And yeah, for us, it works uh, better and better. No, I, I, I'm, I, I can I can see that definitely also in, in, in my work where I always try to, when I build the schedule out, I make sure that it contains the pillars of what I believe performance is. And I've been fortunate to work with performance coaches. And I, I remember uh, last year when we had uh, the, the Monster Energy sponsor and I have the players drinking Monsters because they need a boost before game five. And I'm thinking to myself, you're drinking a fucking Monster, this fucking big can uh, right before we're playing game five. You're not going to sleep tonight. What's going on? You know, you need to control it. This is the research behind the caffeine intake. What are we doing here? You know, and that's like the, the story of being like the one man army trying to cover all the bases because it's a question yeah. of... Um, Finding efficiency in everything, right? It's just finding efficiency in everything and finding advantages uh, in, in everything. I, I wanted to ask you, um, in the context of, so, so, so you've set up everything, everything is super clear, everyone's on the same page about what's coming uh, within the season and the challenges you're going to face because, of course, in competition, you don't know what the enemies are going to throw at you. Maybe the enemies have figured something out and you're going to face challenges. There's a lot of things that uh, are... Um, very unpredictable, right? Because there's just a human, human element of the game, and right, changing patches and so forth. Uh, in the context of b- maintaining accountability, uh, how how is how is the day to day structured to to fulfill all of the things that uh, are considered the G two values? I love this word accountability because <laughs> everything I just described to you, it's good for December, probably January, and. The League of Legends life is one year, 10 months. And, and we're not practicing to win winter. We don't care about spring. Even MSI doesn't matter. Only worlds. In League of Legends, only worlds. And we're talking 120 teams starting the adventure. Only one 
is going to be happy. Everyone else is going to have a really shitty night at one point during the year where they know, shit, that was our last game. And for most teams, this moment is going to happen in August. In August, they're going to go on stage, play best of three, best of five, they're going to lose, and they're going to go home. And they're going to feel like shit because someone is better. The best teams, they're going to win in August, they're going to travel somewhere, and they're going to lose the same game, but somewhere else. Mm. <laughs> somewhere in Korea, most probably. And even the almost best team in the world is going to start the final and lose. And everything you've done was for nothing. And it sucks. But there's one team of five players and probably four to five coaching staff, which is going to have this incredible feeling, which I've never had, which no one in Europe has ever had, which is, fuck, we're the best. <laughs> How does it feel, boys? We're the best. Um, and and I, hope, I, hope, I hope only we have it. And accountability across the whole year is asking yourself the question again and again and again, we decided to do something, are we still doing it? And the best way for that is to make things conscious, to make conscious what you're doing, to make conscious the decision you're making, to make conscious, for example, we want to maximize the practice we get from Scream. That means we need to try hard before every Scream. That means I need everyone to be rested, clean, and full energy during the Scream. I need you to practice the champion you're about to play. And that means I need you to spam them in solo queues. I need, I need good solo queues. I need, I, need, I need you to not go full degen during the night and not sleep because then you will jeopardize one day of Scream the next day. And mm. everyone needs to say those things. And, and I made him sign those things. We have we have it on the wall. You will see if you visit the facility uh, just to help making it conscious and keeping ourselves accountable. Uh, and we have a system as well with this new new scrim system. So first block, second block, we have one hour in the middle where we do one-on-one. And, and everyone does one-on-one. That's the system I used to do last year, but I was alone doing it. Like I was, it was just your, your general manager calling you for for one-on-one at the end of the day and Mm -hmm. every player has to come to come to my room or their room we were sitting down and we were talking not long five ten fifteen minutes max um but every day and why it's so important is so you don't weaponize your one-on-one because when when things goes to shit everyone does one-on-one like yes, suddenly yes. the top management comes in, the, the GM comes in, and mm. then they come to you and they talk to you. Okay, how is it going? Things are going bad. How can I help? All, all those <laughs> stuff. But it's too late. It's too late because you already feel like shit. You lost. So it's important that your your player doesn't feel threatened the moment you enter the room and you say, "Hey, come come talk to me." Um, and and that's why we do it all the time. And at any moment, for anything, I can enter the room, ask any of the guy, hey, come with me to talk. They know it's not going to be a problem. Hmm. Could be anything. Maybe I'm going to talk logistic with him. Maybe I have a question for his contract. Maybe maybe I just want to know how his family is doing and, and this kind of stuff. So I think that worked well last year. And I pushed it to the next level this year by using the whole brilliant coaching staff we have. Um, so doing this one-hour break, everyone's going to have to sit down and talk with him. Um, and so you're a player, you know you're going to have a one-on-one. And if you sit down with me, you're going to talk about life, motivation, how you're feeling. If you sit down with Isma, same, it's going to be motivation, how you're eating, how you're sleeping. If you sit down with Dylan, 
it's going to be overall macro and your pick and how you feel about the game and the patch. If you sit down with Rodrigo, you're going to talk about build. You're going to talk, talk about scouting. You're going to talk about your opponent. Mm. So if you sit down, so you, you will find different stuff in every one-on-one, but you're going to find something. And from a coaching stack perspective, it allows us to, to flag, not, not red flag, not even orange flag. I'm talking yellow flag. And if one of the coaching staff sees the player is slightly triggered because of this, the player needs to eat a bit more, the player is not that confident with his pick at the moment, then we can discuss it together and find solutions instantly. And usually those solutions are connected to communication. It's, it's just, oh, he's a bit unhappy with you, then it's going to talk to you. And it's super easy for me to get back to them and say, oh, player A, player B, you're going to go talk now. I know it's not even a problem, exactly because it's not even a problem you're going to have to talk to one another right now and it's important that it's right now because even if you we're winning a lot like for example let's say today we would have identified a problem i don't know what um random example our mid lane is picking random shit and he's trolling not say that could happen but <laughs> it's caps you know uh, it's triggering He's jungler because he believes mid lane is not practicing hard enough because he's troll picking. Um, we could decide not to say anything about it or we could act on it. There's two paths starting right there. If you don't say anything about it, we are Friday. Tomorrow, we play LEC. Let's say we win. Great. We play Sunday. We win. We play Monday. We win. 3-0. We're so happy. We're like, like, we totally forgot about the problem from Friday. Then we start the week. We lose Scream 1, Scream 2, we go into LEC Week 2, and we start to lose the two first day, 0-2. From the 3-0 G2 best team in the world, we are 3-2 now. Mm. And when you're 3-2 like this, when you're just with a double loss streak, all the tiny problems are coming back. And this little problem from a week ago about your jungler thinking your mid lane or your troll picking or something becomes a big problem because it's in his head. And... If for whatever reason you lost because you're troll picking on stage and you're losing, this problem was flagged seven days ago and no one did anything about it, nothing about it. Then, then this, this, this annoying stuff can become really big stuff. Yes, yes. And you spend long enough with teams, you know, those little things happen all the time. It's important to discuss, thing, discuss them right away. That would have mean tonight we, we needed to talk. We needed to go and have the jungler discussing with the mid laner saying, He's not troll picking. He's doing this because this, 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 and this. That said, maybe it wasn't the most efficient way to win the game. You discuss about it with your jungler and stuff like that. So we, we try to, to, to kill those stuff even before they become problems. And I'm using an in-game example because it's really safe. And of course, this was not true at all. Yeah. Uh, but it could be normal life. Like a player comes always late. And then it's triggering everyone. It's funny if you're winning. It's a disaster if you're losing. You need to address it. You need people to stay accountable for this kind of stuff. And players should not have to worry about calling people accountable. It's a coaching staff thing. So that's why I'm here. That's why I live with him. Even if I'm technically the general manager, I live in the gaming house. I watch every scream. I want to spend every minute of their training life with them because I need to see. In a way, we know them better than they know themselves. And I need to see on the face how he's feeling after winning, after losing, to understand him. Because all that is just a training for the moment we're going to take a plane ticket to Korea. We're going to practice versus RNG NT1. And that's why we're working for, to, mm. to learn and, and be competitive in those moments. 
No, I think everyone always says focus on the process. But when you establish the process to be ready for any potential problem within a season, then you've done it right. Because if you begin to change the process because of a reaction to a result, this is where you are not building any right. foundation and everything is just dependent on whatever you're facing on the day. And you have yeah. such big, big swings in performance and everything is more emotionally uh, reliant. And um, you see teams live and die by this. 100%. I it's too late. And, and, and you want to win the world final. So everything you're doing is just training. So on Sunday, whatever, end of October, you have to wake up, be the maximum energy you've ever been through the year. You need to know your pick. You need to know the patch. You need to know what you're going to build. And even if you can control all this, maybe shit's going to hit the fan. Yes, maybe yes. Dwing B is going to lock Nautilus mid. Maybe, maybe end... At this moment, when shit hits the fan, the nine months of training are going to kick in. And the moment the game starts, there's no more coaching staff. We're not here. There's only five players. And if those five players have been able to build the right level of communication, maybe we have a chance to win. Maybe. It's not even sure. But at least I don't want, I don't want them to step on the stage and have the feeling, shit, I could have done a bit better. You know, like, you know, a lot of people in school... They go, they go, they pass the exam, and at the end of the exam, they're like, oh, I got a 14 on 20. Shit, imagine if I had to study. I could have had 18, mm. you know. I don't want that. I want us to go on this stage and say, fuck, I've studied as hard as I could, because now I have a shot. I have one shot to do it. And we, we gathered those five players, which I believe are the best, five best guys in their role, and I need them to give 100% for the nine, next nine months. And it's going to be hard. Yeah, of course. But we want to win. It's going to be fun if we do. So. Yes, yes. No, it's just the purest form of confidence. The most useful type of confidence is what you can take from knowing that you're doing things right in the day-to-day. -day. Yeah. That, that requires uh, so much discipline and motivation always comes uh, secondary. Yeah. I think that's always an interesting discussion that the motivation should always be there at honeymoon phase and so forth. But motivation comes always after the discipline. Motivation is, is you. You cannot motivate people. You can create a positive environment around them to facilitate communication. Mm. At the end of the day, the guy who is going to wake up, leave his bed, go to his gym, eat his food, and start practice is the player himself. That's it. And in, in, in facing a challenge, he can decide to complain about it or he can decide to fix it. He's the only one. He can feel bad and be sad about it or decide to kick it on his own butt, but it has to come from himself. Our job is to create the best ecosystem around them and, and with some discipline and schedule. And you've seen so many performance coach and bad coach and bad manager over the year coming into a team and saying, I'm going to explain you guys how to perform. And they start to push a schedule on people. They start to push ideas on people. And at the end of the day, the four players are looking at you and saying, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, yes, yes. I mean, if I'm here right now, it's because I've grinded my own solo queue, bitch. I was playing when Elo was still a number and not even a fucking achievement. So blah, blah, blah. And they say, you are right, pro players. So what we're going to do together is discuss how you ended up there. What did you do correctly in your life to be as good as what you are right now? Let's identify what went well and let's challenge it. Because whatever you were doing in your life, this is not perfect. If not, you would have won the World Cup already. And even G219, we're not perfect. 
Because as beautiful and as crazy as those motherfuckers was, they lost 3-0 in final. So, and you can ask Caps, and you can ask Yonkos, and Mickey, and Perks, and Wander, would they rather lose MSI and win Worlds, or win MSI and lose Worlds? There's only one answer. So, how do you make sure you are full performance by the end of October 2023, so you can win this fucking cup? Let's wow. talk, let's discuss, let's think, let's find discipline together. And then we create this schedule together, we create this approach together, we all sign it with our blood if we have to, and then we go to war. And if everyone, anyone in the room disagrees with the schedule and how we're going to work together, speak now, please. Don't say, huh, okay, because you're polite. And then in six months when we start losing, you're like, huh, I told you so. Oh my God, I hate this <laughs> sentence. See, I told Then why didn't you say something? It's your job, literally. 100%. No, I've, I've, I've recognized, uh, they're so relatable to me, what, what you are saying, 100%. You know, for sure, <laughs> usually have those, those, yeah, I think you, I think you get it. <laughs> I've had so many situations where, you know, you, you work with the player and they say, they come to the scrim day, today I'm going to int, and I'm like, oh my what, God. Do you, what, <laughs> what do you mean? It's like, oh, I woke up wrong, I slept wrong, my coffee was wrong. Today I'm gonna int. I was like, oh no! It's like, what? What have I created? What is this devil that, yeah. <laughs> that I've created? Let's jeopardize the life of your four teammates, your five coaching staff, the five other guys. Because it's back practice for everyone. This mm. is egoist. This is retarded. This is bad, and it's making you a bad player. No, for and, sure. And 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 in Asia, for example, those behavior are less likely to happen because you can more easily switch player, and they have a better respect of coaching staff. But it's in their culture, you know. If the older guy in the room says something, everyone's going to do it. It's not always the right approach, because if deep down they believe this was a shit idea, they're going to do it, but only half of it, so yes, it's yes. not going to work. So I think our European culture has some really good things from it, where the players will say something. It doesn't change the fact that we all need to align on one approach. And you want to troll a game? Yeah, if I could bench you, I would. <laughs> no, Makes no sense. It, it, it takes me back to like in my experience in sandbox we were going to face uh, t1 on the weekend and back then we had already faced t1 every time we scrimmed t1 we were getting massacred it was it was like always we we yeah. just we really had issues they would sub in closer they would play with faker either way we would just we we couldn't really find any level of resistance against them we just kind of went into the game we got slaughtered and we tried best and we got like happy when we survived 15 minutes 20 minutes some kind of progress and then at some point, uh, you know, in our preparation towards our match against T1, uh, I wanted to just throw a massive curveball at the, at the opposition. And this was at the time where people were playing like Sona, Tarek, Hekarim. And no one was playing ah. this. No one was playing this over in, uh, uh, in Korea. And I was thinking, okay, we are clearly the underdog against T1. Let's try something different. And then uh, everyone, every single player, they went along with it. They commit to it. They went along with it. Uh, at the end of it all, I, I, I knew after the fact that they did it just to do it rather than to like do com commit completely into it because they didn't necessarily believe into it. You know, they didn't believe in the idea. And that feedback when I was working with uh, this group of players, that feedback of, you know, what they believe and what they think and their thoughts, I only got this from one player. 
and he was engaged in the conversation. Everyone else, I had to really, really squeeze them hard to get them engaged in the conversation. The standard for the players was super, super high and how they commit into the practice and how they get involved. Uh, this portion of it, how they get involved and how they share their own opinion and add their own flair to the game. This was the biggest challenge uh, working in Sandbox, which is such a juxtaposition from going from Vitality, where I have these five emotional guys and uh, they almost speak their mind too much sometimes <laughs> but at the same time it's a very very strong positive as as long as uh, you know people are engaged in what they are doing and they're adding their own ideas because i think it's so important to put your ideas in the open because that's the only way they get challenged it, it, they can be bad they can be good you need to put them in the open so they can stand you know the test of of, of, of scrutiny and you can grow from it because uh, if you don't, uh, there's, um, you know, you're just going to not grow at the same rate. And then at the same time, I saw screaming against the team that won the World Championship, down one. I could see how loose they were. I could see how uh, they adopted many ideas of the team that defeated them at the World Championship the previous year. They were very, very loose. I heard the stories of the interviews of how they've began to add meditation to their process, how they approach practice differently. Instead of being very rigid, they want to uh, practice situations that are new to them by creating dynamic situations in draft. And all of a sudden you see that opposition and how it paid off so well uh, coming into the World Championship. It's so interesting to, to study oh. uh, the, the world's winners. And what I've, the, the phrase that I always tell my players now that I've adopted is we need to practice the game that you're playing in front of you. You need to practice as if it's your last game because eventually you will play your last game and then there you will be measured. Right? Nah, I love this feeling. It's, it's something pros don't know. They're not wired to understand it's their last game. Mm -hmm. And in a way, it's beautiful and it's protecting them. I am. I remember back with Unicorns of Love, um, I think there was a finals we played versus G2, probably, which mm -hmm. we lost. Uh, and of course, the players were crushed, you know. Uh, mm -hmm. But it was still a final, and I remember I was full body paint on stage, and we were saying goodbye to the crowd. Uh, and I remember telling them, hey, just tell them, tell them bye. Like, this, all those people, they're coming for you. Uh, it's a great moment. Uh, let's enjoy it a bit. You're, you're the star. I know you feel really sad right now, but just just say a bit high. Well, ah, nah, I hate it. I lost. I suck. <laughs> it's fine. I will come back. I will come back. And I remember looking at them and saying, you don't know that. <laughs> you you don't know if you will ever be back on a stage. And I had a different group of guys in front of me, you know. And for Healy, yeah, he came back. <laughs> he came back big. Uh, <laughs> for Exile, he didn't. So, you see, different. And, but back then... You don't know that. <laughs> Sorry, you just see them and you're like, yeah, just just enjoy it, um, um, embrace it. So those moments are pure, but they don't know when it's gonna be the last game. So enjoy it. You you're right. Go full and think about it. It's it's a video game, and and I know it's a bit stupid to say that, especially with the amount of money and 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 power and and investment in it from everyone. But it's it's still a video game. That means Having fun is an important part of under understanding the intrinsic mechanism around it and, and winning and wanting to theory craft and break it and win it. And for example, because it's a video game, you need to, to speak the data language. Um, you're not going to be the best at the game by just copy-pasting what SVK and LPL are doing. 
they are also playing the same video game. Just go into data. We 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 watch them, but we don't steal their pick. For example, we listen to Rodrigo and Dylan, and and for example, all, most teams have great analysts and great coaching staff behind, which players are not listening to, and they don't care. Like they barely listen to their coach. So how would they listen to? goddamn analyst you know uh which is an absolute waste because those guys are usually gem really clever about the game really good with their fingers in terms of coding and everything and they know how to extract the best from a sheet of stats and data and 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 they know those stuff so it's it was important for example for us to create the healthiest relationship possible between rodrigo and the rest of the team so the day comes into the room in his patch note and says this champion is broken. We should play it. Usually when you do that, the five players are looking at you, but they already know if they like the champion or not mm. based on their limited solo queue and understanding of the game. Yes, and yes. let's take a totally random example. Heimerdinger support. Rodrigo knew about Heimerdinger support, I think in August last year. It was like, hey, all my, all my little birds are telling me yes, yes. It, it, it's broken, we should play it. I remember us discussing it multiple times. No one wanted to put the effort in it. Mm. Should we put it mid? Should we put it support? Should we put it top? Should we put it... Yeah, nah, yeah okay, Rodri, I will try, I will try, blah, blah. But no one did... Oh, sorry. But no one, no one took the effort. And to me, it's a failure in process. We were not able to set up our head analyst for success. So when it comes with something, everyone is going to adapt, uh, accept, and, and instantly learn it. And I think with this team, with those five players, we are much better at this. We're much better at being honest with ourselves, honest with the extent of your, own, of your own knowledge, and honest with, okay, maybe I should take this new champion in. Maybe... Maybe, for example, when Adam starts to beat BB top with Olaf, either you can leave the room saying, fine, this champion is broken, fucking player OTP, blah, blah, he's always playing the same shit, but on stage, that would never work. Or you can say, <laughs> okay, okay, guys, that's the second game in a row, maybe something is happening with Olaf, you know? Hmm. Uh, I'm going to learn it. And then, when you start your game versus Astralis, and Finn is starting to spam fucking Kled top. And you're like, hmm, on the paper it's a counter, but who gives a fuck about Kled? Uh, that should not be a counter. Hmm, I'm losing one game. I'm losing two games. Guys, I think something is happening. I have to learn it. And then and then we start to dive into the champion, and then Caps comes and put his little nose out, and like, maybe, maybe mid, it would work as well, huh? Okay, <laughs> I'm going to learn it. And then, and that's, that's the level of honesty and understanding and willingness to break the game I expect from my players. And and I don't want, we should play, I don't know, we should play Lee Sin because Korea is spamming Lee Sin again and again and again. Maybe it's because he's a good champion. Maybe the stats are here to back it up. But just, I'm going to play it because Korea plays it, is not good enough. Yes, not yes. if we want to beat Korea. Especially because over the past years, Asia has proven that they're not the, pet, they're not the best at breaking patch. They're the best at playing mechanically champions. They're really good at copy-passing stuff. Not always the best at breaking patch. We should be able to. If we listen to the experts we have available, our analyst, our coach, and for that, you need to create the best ecosystem possible. And those 101, for example, I was talking about earlier, are really good for that. 
because then Rodrigo can talk the language every day. He has a different player saying, I know your champion pool. I know how it could evolve. I know what's being played on the patch at every level of it. I know what's being played in the other regions. Let's have a talk. Let's understand how we're going to draft it. And and some of the incredible draft Dylan has been able to prove to to pull to pull out in the winter, where you 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 have your your fifth pick and everything changes and everyone was a flex. It has to be discussed. You cannot improvise those stuff. You have to spam it. You have to understand the limit. You have to practice it versus people. You have to lose with it. You have to win with it. And and if you're in a situation where Alba, if they have this, they win. We can't let them have this. Well, that means we should play it. You know, some teams are playing. If he's playing Soraka and Kled, then it's lost. Okay, then why are we not playing Soraka and Kled? You know, like it's, 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 it's we want to win the game or we want to be right. That's that's a, that's the whole process. Mm, no, uh, for sure. I, I, I tie it together with, with, with the onboarding process that you mentioned before. It's it's so important that uh, uh, players understand uh, the, the, the experience and uh, the potential of, of people uh, around them that are not uh, uh, players. Because they interact with players and most of the time they only know players and they only find uh, respect for players. And inherently... You know, there are so many other elements around the game that um, uh, can serve you outside of their own anecdotal experience, which is, in most cases, very, very limited. They watch a couple of VODs, they play their own games. Uh, you know, there's there's so much more uh, that can be explored. And um, I think, you know, T1 now, they are definitely cooking and they're trying to find wow. this advantage too. <laughs> and uh, they're definitely, you know, there's, there's, there's this... Um, innovation process that is definitely occurring for some teams uh, uh, on a global scale but i think really really maintaining the beginner's mind is, is is so important because i think it's so easy to become rigid in what worked once and 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 moving in that direction and just becoming a follower uh, of your own personal past and also of what uh, is success from the other uh, teams but if you're going with this momentum you're always going to be of course one step behind because you know, there's yeah. so many things in the game that's far from figured out. You know, we are so, so far from having the game figured out. There's so many... Changing all the time. You know, it's changing all the time, for sure. It's like, now I can like, imagine like, for the other teams, I'm trying to think of how they prepare against G2. That must be fucking uncomfortable. Okay, but I'm, that's a nightmare. But thanks. <laughs> we, we have we have great players and I'm, and I'm grateful. That's why, that's why I joined G2. I wanted to play with... I wanted to work with Caps. He's mm. one of the best players we've ever had. And I'm really happy about how our off-season went. I'm... I'm Delighted uh, we could sign Hans. I'm delighted to have Mickey back here. And I'm really, really happy we have Yike. Mm. Um, it wasn't the full roster we thought we would have. We have it. Let's go. <laughs> it's, it's, let's, uh, let's see how, how far we can go. But yeah, as long as everyone follows the plan we've been practicing, I have hope. I have great hope. So good process. And if we fail, what's important is to understand what happened. Mm. And more than a, to understand what went wrong, what I care about is to understand what went right. I don't care about what went wrong. It's obvious. Like people are going to discuss it online. Everyone's going to be able to see it. And if if you if you suck at something, if you keep talking about what you suck about, then you will always suck. <laughs> In a way, it's a, it's a sucking circle. Uh, it's it's just you have to understand how to win the game, not how to not lose the game. And there's so many times where if you lose a game, if something wrong happens, everyone's going to have a really clear opinion on what went wrong. And everyone's going to go back to the room and say, oh, I think we lost because 
this, 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 and this. Great. Okay, let's talk. Yes, you are right. Player X could have clicked a tiny bit higher. Yes, <laughs> if you had a if you had a better flash, could have gone better. Right. He knows. He knows better than anyone. <laughs> He's, everyone is challenger in the room, you know. So I don't care. We can we can keep fighting for two hours together to understand what went wrong. Okay, how do we win? say, <laughs> how do we win? How do we win the next game? And if we want to understand how we win, we have to start talking about what we did properly. We have to make conscious the good calls. We have to make conscious, oh, you were good in this champion because you practiced it enough. You did a good call because you checked your river at minute two, so you saw him putting a ward and you could identify a gank was coming. I don't know, but why did we win? Let's, let's discuss it. You have to work harder when you're winning because it's easier. Because when you're winning, it's easier to scream at one another. I'm not saying you should turn a blind eyes at the things you're doing bad. If your top laner leaves lane 0, 7, 0 every single game, you're going to have, you're going to need to have a talk. What the fuck is happening, bro? <laughs> is it the champion? Is it bad mood? Is it, let's, let's fix it. Let's fix it by focusing on what we need to do right. Because first it's going to be funnier and better. And then, yeah, we need to write down a winning recipe, not a recipe of what did we fuck up. Yes, yes. No, I, I, for sure, I'm in agreement about this. I, I, I wanted to, to ask you, how does, how does the, the schedule of, of, of a day uh, look like uh, with, with all the additional pieces uh, past uh, scrims, of course, as much as you can review? <laughs> um, I mean, I can, I've been revealing a, a lot of things uh, <laughs> so far because I think it's all theory. And what makes the system working are the humans part of the system. So you could take notes of everything I've said, try to literally copy past it, but maybe it will fail because you don't have the uh, the cook behind it and you don't have the five players we have, so it's harder. And everyone needs to be bought into the system. Yes, no, yes. it doesn't work. If you're trying to force things on people, it fails. So the schedule is the boys are doing uh, exercise at 11. Um, which is really good. I'm extremely proud of them because it is not forced on them. I know a lot of teams would hire a coach and, and, and sports people and they would come and say, every day we're going to do one hour gym. Doesn't work. Doesn't work because if, if the player hates it, the moment you start losing, he's going to blame the sports yes, instantly yes. because that's something he's not used to it. So sports is not mandatory and the boys are doing it because we have Isma and he's such a clever human and he found the way to convince everyone that they need it but it's not mandatory tomorrow morning they could all bail out from sports i don't think any of them will because they all understood how much stronger it makes him and and for example i've been failing to convince players to do sports and i've been doing this job for a while but i do sports i do two hours of gym every day almost and and I've tried to take players with me, you know, many times. But when I do so, I usually kill them. Because <laughs> I, I would do half an hour of cardio and then half an hour of abs and then one hour of weight and, and stuff. And then by the end of my cardio, the player is done already. Mm. So it's not good. <laughs> and then the next day, he's not coming back, you know. He's like, yeah, fuck you, Roman. Oh, shit. Okay, well, I tried. <laughs> um, but then Isma is, Isma is going to them and say, okay, what do you need? Let's do five push-ups. Let's do three minutes cardio. Let's do one or two pull up. That's it, you know. And 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 but every day, 
it makes a difference. I dare, I dare people to do even five push-ups a day is a difference if you do it every day. Um, and he takes the time to do it with them. And then he started to do it with hands and caps and mostly caps. And then, and then Mickey joined in and then Bibi joined in. And now Yaki is doing it and everyone is doing it. And he's taking measurements of them and he's listening to them, making sure they do the right stuff. And, and now they have a habit and now they're going to keep, keep doing it and they feel healthy. So and when they arrive in the in the training room at at twelve, when which is when we start the day, well they're awake, they're awake, they're happy, they're full of energy, and and we have a team, <laughs> and it bangs, and it means one of the coaching staff already had an hour with the team to understand, to potentially identify yellow flags, you know, yes, and then yes. he could say already, oh I think I think Caps had a bad night. Oh, I think Hans, Hans couldn't sleep or he woke up wrong foot or something. So we can already, as a coaching staff, step in and try to understand, oh, Hans, come talk to me. I need to know what's happening in your head right now, bro. And and, and once again, because we have all those one-on-one, they're not going to be scared if I tell them, hey, come to talk to me. It's important. Free communication between everyone. Mm-hmm. So 12, we sit down. We talk draft because we're still a League of Legends team. Um, mm-hmm. 12.30, we eat. Uh, and then we start the day at one, um, and we do the good old uh, game review, game review from one to four, usually. Uh, from four to five, we're gonna do the one-on-one, um, bit of snack, a uh, little walk. For example, if you if you do Dylan one-on-one, you're gonna walk outside. If it's with me, it's one in the room, uh, stuff like that. Uh, then we restart practice uh, from five to eight. If the opponent doesn't cancel in the middle for whatever fucking reason. Um, then we eat. Um, then we do one last meeting. Uh, we do a lot of breathing, exercising through the day mm. with an app as a team. Uh, one minute, two minutes. We close the day with a 10-minute one, for example. Once again, GG to Isma. Um, when you have the whole team, players and coaching staff, sitting in the room, just doing a breathing slash meditation exercise for 10 minutes, 10. Like, try to have a pro players do anything for 10 minutes straight. And it works. And they do it. Because they understand. First, it's fun. It's like a fun team exercise to all be sitting in. But it's also... It's good. It's just good. And then we close the day. Um, and we eat. We walk back to the gaming house, which is a four-minute walk. And then, like, they play some solo queue. They watch anime together. But we discussed that, for example. What are you guys going to do when you're back at the gaming house? For some of you, it's important to feel surrounded. For some of you, it's important to be alone. I don't care. Both are good. It's important to understand what your next guy has. For example, G2 2021 had a big conflict between two of the players, which I will not name, but you can, you can quickly understand who they are. One of them was waking up really early in the morning and, and wanted to do his gym and surf and play some solo queue. One of them really needed to spend time with one of his computer in the evening to spend some time online with his community. Um, and they both believed they were doing the right thing. And they both believed the other pro player was slacking. Mm. The guy at night, because he thought stupid to train in the morning and you're not spending time with the team. And the guy in the morning thought makes no sense to spend that much time online in the, in the evening. Um, they were both doing right. They were just not talking to one another. And if they could have made conscious that, okay, we just have two different ways of training. But we both want the same thing, which is to win. So let's understand what's good in your way. Maybe I can steal some of it. 
let's understand what I have in my way, let's steal some of it. Because there's no right or wrong way to do things. It's just different ways. What's for sure is one player is 20% of a team. Mm. So if two players are dysfunctional, you just lost 40% of the team. So, and yeah, both those guys, I believe, have really good discipline and really good habits. So just lost lost opportunities to work together and, and do good things. Yes, yes, no, 100%. I think even in cases you mentioned 40%, it's, it's, a, it's a fraction that makes sense, but it bleeds into everything else too. And it takes away from so much more and it becomes a... A, a, such a massive um, distraction when uh, you know it, it, it comes from the initial uh, conversation uh, what you mentioned in terms of how uh, players get to know each other understand each other and how the onboarding process of what it means to be a professional uh, within the group and and the trust that you exactly. build by uh, abiding by the same values I, I really really love to hear this I, I, I'm curious uh, so I've always battled with what is how the review structure should be. And in different teams, I've always, you know, employed different strategies, found different ways of how to make it work. In some situations, I made sure that this one particular player that had a very high information ceiling, I had to extract uh, his information and make sure that uh, the players are uh, in tune. So his ceiling is the team ceiling, not only his personal one. So I had to yeah. push him in front of the guys and make sure that everyone aligns. In some cases, I've had to be kind of the dictator where I had to move everything along. And in, in more and more, the, the more and more I proceed, I've uh, recognized that uh, I need to create a situation where in scrims, the performance into the next game is the most essential. And I'm not going yeah. to sacrifice that or, or risk that in preparation and in, in the in the goal of trying to extract the most uh, possible information from a scrim. Because I have recognized at the end of the day, if the players learn one thing, two things that they can apply, and that there is something that we can add between the games, I'm very satisfied. Uh, how, how does the review structure work in, in, in G2? It was, it was important to discuss it mm. at the early stages of it. Okay, this is how a review, a review is going to go. How long do you think should be the perfect review and there's no good or bad answer um it's just your answer and what's important is as a player if you believe the optimal time should be 10 minute max and your coach keeps doing 25 minute review you're going to be tilted every single time yes, yes. if you believe it should be 20 minute and your coach keeps doing five minute review you're going to think your coach is lacking um so that's why it's important from the beginning to discuss it uh, our review are usually not crazy long. They're like 10, 10, 15 max. Um, and and it it's important to make sure we discuss two things, the draft and the in-game stuff. And those are really different things because it's too easy for pros to come back into the room and say, oh my God, the draft suck. That's mm -hmm. why we lost. I don't believe that ever like the draft is never solely responsible for loss not in league of legend not with that many parameters the draft can make your life really complicated to play because they lost you lost the uh, rock scissor paper game mm -hmm. uh, but 70 30 maybe even if it's 80 20 um which is extreme you know like like you uh, but that still means you need to discuss about the gameplay 
what happened, the decisions you made, what triggered those decisions. And it's only important to discuss what could be repeated. It makes no sense to spend 45 minutes on a dive at minute yes, yes. 30. Because just just having the same 10 champions in the game is unlikely to happen. And having the exact same status of the game will never happen. That's the beauty of League of Legends, right? So, but if it's a dive level 2 bot lane, that makes sense to spend half an hour discussing it. Because mm. it's easily doable again. Um, especially because it's minute 2, right? So, not everything needs to be discussed. Um, it's usually better to spend time on what, what went right. Um, because first, everyone feels good about it, and that's what you want to replicate, right? Mm. You can discuss every single death, but it makes no sense. Usually, the player knows why he died. And if he doesn't, well, he's going to be fired pretty quickly anyway, <laughs> because that means it sucks. So it's just, if, if you die, it's, League of Legends is a fair game. If you die, it's your fault. Like, the, the set of decisions which led to your death is on you. Like, you can decide to blame your jungler, you can decide to, yeah, but we went into this fight and he clicked on the wrong guy. Yeah, then why did you go into the fight? You know, maybe you should have said something. Of course, that's, that's mostly for, for normal people. At really high level, you can die because you took a risk expecting your teammate to follow you on this one. So what's going to be important is to understand what happened in his head, what happened in my head, because that's what's going to matter if we want to win the next team fight. It doesn't matter that I could have clicked like half a second earlier. No, my intention was to kill the support. Your intention was to kill the ADC. Both our intentions should have been to kill this tower, but your head was already in the dragon and my head was in on backing to spend my money. Why well, didn't communicate those things? So Dylan does a brilliant job at, at, at that, like understanding what needs to be discussed, what needs not to be discussed. Um, and the amount of talks you have before the game starts will make you review faster. Getting into the game with a clear plan, clear understanding of your draft, what were our winning conditions, and then going after the game and discussing what happened makes sense. We had a plan. We wanted to do A, B, C, D. We ended up doing A, F, Y. That, that is good, efficient review because then you can carry on. And next time you have to discuss about the plan, you're like, okay, okay, okay. Maybe we should have gone for A, B, F directly. Why not? Let's discuss it. And, and we're lucky because we have five incredible players. And the moment Hans discuss with you why he thought this all-in level 2 was brilliant and he said one word and Mickey instantly understood what he had to do and dive into it. You're like, wow, you guys are really good. Is it natural? It's like when you go to a top-level drawing artist and you, wow, you draw so well. Are you born like this? And the guy is going to look at you and say, yeah, I've only been spamming four hours of drawing for the last 20 hours of my life, 20 years of my life. You know, but Same for them. Hans and Mickey are discussing all the time what's happening, all the time. After every game, they watch the landing phase, they understand what happened. And I'm not even talking at level one. No, they're discussing after each minion, okay, where was I here? Why were you in the bush? Why are you here? If he burns this W right now, we have a six second time window where if you all in him, that can work. But we are close to two minutes 35. So that means the jungler could come and gank. So let's hug the wall rather than hug this. Mind-blowing. This is so good. I love it. 
Yes, yes. So, but, uh, same thing. Upsetilly. The reason they were the strongest was because Upsetilly, perfect example. They they did exactly that. They were so yeah. engaged in the process of finding efficiency in everything, and they were so aligned on what they wanted to achieve. And that relationship was so powerful because they all they always always put in the work. It's like in in twenty twenty one we had. Um, a not so strong team, uh, you know, we, we had our ups and downs. And then, you know, a, a big part of our identity was in the end that we're going to just whip a jungle, hilly upset, we're going to play for those guys. And we're going to have two wild cards in Niski and and, uh, and Adam, and then figure out how to, to, to win the game. But in terms of the effort that they put in and how every single detail mattered, uh, th- this was such a rare thing because it mattered to the both of them. So all those hours that they spent discussing the same thing that might seem so small but it just makes such a big difference because they it allows them to learn about each other and their thought process too so in when they're in game yeah. they barely have yeah. to say anything everything just comes comes and goes and they're just in tune the bot lane becomes one and this is so so uh, important and i think you can almost just from gameplay you know that hansam and mickey is is functioning like this <laughs> they're crazy and 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 i love that you sing that but upset i'm so so happy to see him back Me too. because he's such an incredible player like if if we couldn't have got Hans, we would have gone with upset mm. we were talking with him um but i'm i'm happier to have Hans in a way uh because I think it's easier for me to work with Hans uh, in the system we have because Upset has his wife, so he cannot really live in a gaming house mm-hmm. and spend that much time with the team. Uh, he has his own life, uh, which is his own way to, 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 to practice and stuff. Uh, so in a way, I'm happier to have Hans. I'm also really happy to see Upset back because yes, he's... He, he, exactly for all the... Exactly because I saw how he was working last year. I saw the things... He did to us. I saw the things he did to to Targa and Flakhead in the bot lane, and <laughs> and he he loves those level one, two, three, four, and he, and he mastered the way to kill people in the early level, and and that's what makes you win, because you can be the best team in the world for mid and end game. You will never win versus the best team in the world early game. Like let's say the absolute best team in the world early game. He's gonna win. <laughs> He's gonna win in 17 minutes every single time, and 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 we discovered that last year during MSI and Wells uh, practice versus the Asian team, and and if they are 10k ahead at minute nine, you're not gonna win the game. Mm-hmm. It's a remake. <laughs> That's one of those infamous remake all the time because they're just too good. Um, then your next big challenge will be how do we make sure I can play at this level on stage uh, because usually. Screams are a bit more, a bit more free, you know. Um, but yeah, it's it's really happy to have him. So we have really really good challenge uh, in 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 the bot lane on this specific skill set, which is knowing the matchup in the really early level and fight, because I believe that's how you beat Korea and China by by being even crazier than them. And if you can kill them in the early level, if you can force them to remake, then you have a game, you know. For sure, I get my experience going to to Korea or going to any world championship. Uh, the the best experience when we were practicing and scrimming and actually had like a positive result against the Asian teams uh, before the like the tournament uh, began. It was uh, 2021, and the essential part of it was uh, Whippo 
uh, sw- switching to to jungle and being able to compete against mm-hmm. the best of the best because usually I think a lot of the, the, the scrim performances and scrim practice it starts with the jungle because the jungle makes one mistake it, it bleeds into everything you're top lane can yeah. end one time two times and it's no one cares you know the jace is going to be two zero but no problem we're going to figure it out but your jungle fucks up everyone's going to bleed into it and losing pressure everywhere and yeah you're fucked. and then of course we had hillian upset when i see them play when i saw the laney against viper and then mako or gumiusha in korea fireworks it was it was gorgeous and we just had a, a, a po- positive result uh, and uh, uh, I believe like Adam, who was the rookie, he got a big shock, you know, playing against Nuguri for the first time. But yeah, know, him, him experiencing that in those games is not that big of an issue. You know, enemy GP is 3-0, we figured it out, no problem. All fight solo QG level 2, we'll figure it out. You know, you you have this shock yeah. now and now you're going to grow from it. But it was it was very, just like you're saying, the fact that we could be competitive in the early game and in very, very important roles that really uh, translated to good, good scrim performances because like against Damwon, we were, I believe like eight and one against Damwon, against T1, like the monster T1. Like I was very happy. We won two games out of out of six games. That's like, wow, you know, that's that's almost a it's miracle. <laughs> it feels very yeah. good. And then, this is good. And then the other region teams were very, very competitive against them, but those are the two ones that, um, uh, that stood out to me in, in in my memory. The early game is 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 definitely uh, essential, and I feel like when it yeah. comes to team building, in terms of how a jungle is, that is so 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 important. So I'm curious from from Yike's side, you know, Yike who comes in, you know, it's, it's funny this word rookie is always so strange, right? Because he he's in in the end he's very experienced, but but his uh, adaptation to all of these new things, uh, how has that process uh, been uh, for him through through yeah. the lens of uh, the general manager? It was the um, the jungler was the last pieces in in our puzzle mm-hmm. um, because the the battle for for bot lane uh, went a bit crazy uh, yes, during yes. the off season. Everyone <laughs> was waiting for Hans, and when finally Hans decides he's gonna he's gonna grace us with his presence, um, then we only have to lock the jungle. Um, and we had two options. We had Elioia. Uh, I mean, the options. It's not like. We had the option at one point, but we had two wishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was either let's get a fifth veteran, so a fifth really experienced player, or a rookie. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so that was either Elioya or Yike. Uh, either you go with a guy who's seen everything, uh, which would create either really hard worker and stuff. So that would have created a different different mindset and stuff. Uh, or we go with the absolute rookie. Um, the negotiation with Matt didn't go as planned. Um, so we we. When we went for Yike, and I'm so happy with it. Um, maybe we would be winning the same with Elia, but what what's Yike bringing to the team in terms of freshness, in terms of rookiness, is incredible. Um, and he's he's just gifted. I've seen I've seen those narrative online saying Yike is not that good. He's just surrounded by really good players. <laughs> well. Let's talk about it in six months, you know. Uh, I think you guys just need to watch more games uh, because he's carrying all the ass so many goddamn times. Exactly for what you're saying is your your laners can be good if they feel the fog of war around them is under control. <laughs> and is is it's under control. <laughs> like he plays he plays so many things really well. And and I mean, let's see how it's gonna it's gonna translate into the international stage, you know. Mm. Uh, but it's it's he's just a really really gifted player. So 
it's an instant buying across the board from the four other players. Like they see him playing and they know, okay, things are under control. We're good. And from a human perspective, having a rookie is always good, especially when you have veteran player because, and even the staff is veteran. So we've between between the nine of us, we've seen so many stories. So we always have stories about everyone, about player, about all the staff, all the coach, all the manager, events, cities, the studio, riot people. We know everyone because we've been around for so long. So Yike hasn't. So he's just coming in the middle with this little voice, asking questions, rookie questions, mostly about life and things and stuff. And everyone has stories. And when you hear Caps telling you stories of how he met Faker, how he went to a restaurant with Kuma, how BB was in the US, how Hans went his misfits phase and then spent time with Liquid, how Mickey and Perks would do things, how you can you can see little Yaiko with big eyes open like this and like <laughs> wow, see the cool guys. And it makes everyone feel good. You feel special because you're telling those those war stories which no one cares about unless you're in League of Legends, you know. It's not like you're going to go to a bar in the city and say, hey, I'm going to tell you the story on how I met T1 <laughs> in the elevator at the restaurant in the middle of Busan and, and people are going to in boo what? Fake, fake what? No, but <laughs> Yako is like, I know those names. This mm. is such a cool story. Um, so it makes it makes him feel good. It makes everyone feel good. Um, and yeah, we're just, it's, it's just so good. It's, 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 he's doing really, really well. I'm really happy with him. He's opening slowly but surely and and he fucking clicks. So that's that's it. Now I'm I'm very glad to hear that. I I, I think I think it it essentially comes back to what we started uh, in the conversation about how you onboard a a rookie because moving to Berlin that is generally speaking during season often very grey rainy. Uh, there's not much to do unless you you know yeah. enjoy the nightlife, which is something that sometimes we don't suggest to players. No, no, <laughs> there's, no. It, there's, a, there's a certain uh, coldness and, and darkness that that comes uh, with uh, moving to Berlin and 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 having this uh, shock of so many elements at the same time. Uh, I, I think uh, how you adjust to that and how you adjust to the pressure of playing on the stage and being under the spotlight of of the LEC viewership, moving from a, a small pond, so to speak, which is kind of weird calling LFL a small pond in terms of what they are doing in terms of viewership and how big it is. <laughs> this ERL is. But that transition is definitely something that uh, crushes uh, a lot of players that have made that jump uh, and um, how everything is orchestrated. Yeah. Uh, I remember when I was judging this move for G2, I said, Yike joining G2 with what G2 accomplished the previous year, this is the best thing that could happen to a, a player that is playing in a major region. Uh, like this transition to G2 is going to be the best opportunity that he can get. And he seems to be flourishing. So that's super, super good to see. Uh, I'm excited to, to see how he's going to react to the shock of, of scrimming against uh, the, the, the Chinese teams. But at the same time, with everything you've said so far, I, I don't have a worry in my mind. It seems like he's going to uh, really, really Let's enjoy see. the process of, 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 of battle. <laughs> we're gonna see how the jungler yeah i mean juggling juggling is gonna be intense and and bot lane as well so those are the two stuff because i mean i know how top and and mid are gonna react i'm looking forward to see how our bot lane can 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 play versus korean team and how yak is gonna is gonna do it mm. like especially in bot to to those crazy early levels yeah i love it 
I saw I saw you have a ED in your chat, which makes me uh, really happy. Uh, hello, my <laughs> really? brother. Um, I, I I really enjoy um, working with Mickey, for example, and he reminds me he is so much in his mm. playstyle, which is experienced player, really nice and kind human. The moment the game starts, animal, absolute <laughs> animal. He sees an opportunity and he goes in, and and it's not like I think we should go, guys. It's and and they're already in the middle and 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 then and then it's happening and i and i think in a way mickey and hilly are a bit the same kind of player which are really emotionally connected to the team yes, yes. and 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 rather than playing well what's going to matter to them is the trust they're going to have from from the rest of their teammate which is it's really important to make conscious mm. um so you can you can carry them and push them and challenge them to the next level um so yeah highly no I, I i think it's like one hundred percent i agree with the notion because i've been fortunate to work with both you work with him, so I, I worked with both of them i like i feel blessed about this fact you know so i i go through the list in my mind it was like which players uh, do i want to work with just to like explore and to learn from them and just to to engage in problem solving together with them and just get to know them i'm so happy that my support list is like i've i've covered <laughs> you know most of the supports that i truly truly want to to to, to work with to explore uh what's going on i i think that idea of that trust is such an important element of playing the highest level of of league of legends that uh, you know that if you're going to make a split second decision because that's what it comes down to right a lot of opportunities they are going to be boiled down to a millisecond where you can do it or not do it especially at the highest level when it comes to uh, clicking your buttons it's like often people say oh i can hit nearly space in gold because you're shooting them towards gold players but when you're playing at the highest level and you are uh, trying to find an Nautilus hook on the best possible player if there is a there is an ounce of doubt in in your decision it's going to definitely you, you're going to feel pain and when you when, when you look at the best teams in the world currently you could g2 in in europe it's so evident that even though sometimes maybe a decision isn't pristine you can see that when a decision is made that the confidence of the movement and the commitment of everyone is is there if that doesn't exist you're going to lose so many more situations than maybe you could have won if there's a full commitment in uh, the trust of each player within the team need to go for it i vividly remember um one game with actually Ili. uh he was playing bart and he had one of these crazy tunnel uh, from one part of the map to the other one and the whole team took it and at the arrival you had the enemy team and we all died instantly <laughs> like bam but everyone laughed and it's a i was actually <laughs> proud of them i was proud of them because everyone took the fucking tunnel and that's what mattered that's what mattered because you have to play as a team and mm. maybe it would have worked maybe it would have been a genius move what's important is feeling safe space around you to try those stuff and do those stuff because that's how you're going to win a game it's not complicated to win a game if you're 10k ahead like everyone should be able to do that and if, if you throw then shame on you uh mm. what's going to be really interesting and challenging is to win those games when you're 5k behind and usually you win those game with creativity and you need to have the right safe space so one of you five guys is going to be able to say tp behind now and that's the right call and everyone needs to be excited about it and say Okay, let's fucking go, boys. Let's go to war, yeah? And and that's that's how you win. That's how you win those games. Uh, because if 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 someone is doubting because 
and and that's the moment where all the work you're going to do the months before is going to be really important because if you doubt in because i think the worst the worst thought possible for a player is i believe i can do the work of this other player better than him i'm i'm a jungler and i believe i could be a better mid laner than my mid laner <laughs> then then the team is done you're never going to win anything because because in in the in the chain of communication something is not going to work that's why and this trust this respect needs to be established outside of the game when yes, yes. things are calm like you don't you don't work football strategy on the pitch it's too late you you worked about it you talk about it in the locker room and that's the moment you need to create trust and efficiency between the boys i'm not asking the players to be friends it's better if they're friend of course but at the end of the year we're probably going to have to fire some of them so that's the moment where to me family friendship it's too hard of a word what's important mm. is respect respect is key respect is everything because because you're not going to win anything if you don't have respect between the boys 100 i i think an inherent belief that your uh, teammates can be the best in their position having yeah. that rooted in every decision that you make and every action that you take uh pursuing that in your teammates and pushing for that in your teammates whatever shape that may take being actively engaged will allow you to become so much stronger and more impactful as a teammate because there's so many players out there that are very good at what they do but they are not that good at affecting people around them and sometimes uh with the, the word that i that i've heard many times is that sometimes players are energy vampires where the, their way of acting and the way of being could be yeah. you know a detriment to the team rather than a positive and um, having the conversation around those topics and um, you know really uh, working on some of those things that are less tangible is 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 an essential part of having a successful team because in the end that's how you grow together it's also important to 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 work on your character and how you are as a person because it's a team game in the end you know uh, that's like the, the hardest hardest part of it is um you can do your best but the team needs to do its best and that's so many yeah. layers of complications you're walking from 3d chess to 5d chess and um and everyone needs to understand that mm -hmm. and and the coaching staff should step in if a player is monopolizing the conversation all the time to say shit because that can trigger everyone that's why we have those one on one, for example. If tomorrow, what am I going to take? Yike. Let's say Yike tomorrow wakes up and decides to speak all the time. All the fucking time. Instantly, in all the one on one, we should be able to identify okay, I think, is everything okay with Yike? He's talking a lot. Say nothing. And then, then we're going to have to discuss it with Yike and saying, do you, do you believe the volume of communication you're using in the team environment is going to make us a better team? Do you believe we're going to win more if you keep talking that mm. much? Um, and yeah, maybe you have to be a bit harsh on people if, if the communication is not optimal. Because at the end of the day, pro players are not designed to be the best communicant person ever. Yes, yes. Um, especially because the game is made in a way where if you want to be at the top level, you need to be a really high-level solo queue player. Mm. And that means you're alone in front of a computer. You know, you can't even do a queue. So uh, you have to... You have, to, you have to help them a bit and make sure they feel comfortable to speak. Most often than ever, um, it's the other way around and players don't speak enough. Yes, yes. Which is, which is the, most, the most current, the most classic challenge you face as a yes, coaching yes. staff is no one talks. Like, you just lost the game, you go back in the room, no one is talking. Everyone 
has ideas. Everyone knows probably what you just lost. Um, everyone forget, okay, how do we win and stuff like that. But no one's going to speak because they want to be polite, you know. So they want to create problem. And I think pro players, I don't know if uh, Healy is still in the chat, for example. Oh, you have Gilius as well. Gilius, <laughs> I hope he's going to be good. Hello, monsieur. Um, actually, good example as well. God, Gilius, talking a lot. Talking a lot. Could be a challenge in a team. If you have Gilius, he comes here, he talks a lot, and then maybe he's going to trigger some of the other players. So, and then what do you do? Because some players are definitely not going to talk. Like, I could see a world where Gilius speaks a lot and he decides not to speak anymore. Um, that's how I knew them long ago. Hmm. I know now they are both adults. Uh, they've lived um, many lives and they've seen <laughs> many things. And I couldn't expect Gilius to perfectly read the room and understand when he needs to shut up or when he needs to keep talking. Same way as a Healy probably should be much better at talking and expressing his opinion, mm. especially because he's now a veteran experienced player with a lot of titles. So when he speaks, he's respected. So it's important to speak. It's not important to be right always. And you need a bit of diplomacy. You need a bit of understanding. Am I making my team better? Or am I being correct on this one? Mm. Which is a huge difference. Do you want to break people and feel good about yourself? Or do you want to win the next game because you want to improve as a team? And those talks, for example, we, we had them in December uh, to, to, to understand the stuff. And yeah, I believe it comes with experience. I believe it comes with, yeah, living <laughs> more again and being in those setup again and again. Like with an experienced coach like you, you would read the stuff. You would instantly understand, okay, this player feels bad because he just indeed his lane. Yes, yes. And he's, he's deflecting the blame by attacking the way jungler was passing. Mm. So what do you do? Do you tell him, shut up, inting player, you're going to trigger your jungler, or you take him out of the room and you say, are you okay? Like, are you sure what you're saying is no emotion base, mm. or are you just mad against yourself? This kind of stuff, you know, you help them to make sure you learn as a team. No, for sure, 100%. It's funny how everything always circles back to, to, to what you define at the beginning of the season, so you can use it as the tool of reference in everything that comes up. You need to be positioned to believe that uh, each player is trying their best in the form of fulfilling the values that they care about and that they uh, have aligned with together with the team. And you work with this assumption uh, that everyone is working with their best intent. And then through that, every conversation becomes so much easier because if there's something that you don't like about some someone that someone's doing, you, you can approach that conversation in a way where maybe there's something that I don't understand here. Maybe there's something that I'm missing. And through that, you grow, grow so much as, as a player and as a teammate. It's a... Uh, Truly, truly, you know, when you, when you see that unfold in front of yourself as, as a coach, because most of the time, like most of the time, I just, you just watch them play. You watch them interact. You begin to, you begin to, you're aware of every cue, every, like if the eyebrow is ticking up a little bit, the ah. vein is popping on the back or something. I can, I can look at, I can look at the players next and see ah. what state of mind they're Poker in. Poker face, no one's talking. This one's going to be a long one, boys. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, yeah. It's, it's important to do the same, actually, to, to, to minimize the impact of emotions. For example, we discussed a lot, what do we do after an LEC game? 
because um, my core belief is we should always do the same. It doesn't matter if you win or if you lose. You should have a schedule and a process, and you should stick to it. Because the natural answer to winning would be, all right, let's go party. Mm. <laughs> let's go celebrate. And the natural answer to losing should be, let's go home, watch the game, and understand what went wrong, so we fix it for tomorrow. When it should be the other way around. It should be, oh, we just lost. Let's go home. Too much emotion in the room. Let's chill. Everyone goes to their room, and we talk about it tomorrow, right? Like, you're allowed to be sad tonight, but let's not let's not use all those emotions to tear one one another. But if you're winning, you should go home and say, all right, let's work. Let's watch the game. Let's understand what we did right, which is easy because we're so hype and happy and stuff, and so we can replicate it by tomorrow because whatever we did, it worked, and I need more of that. Um, so we we are settling with the middle ground where we do always the same stuff after after a win, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's good. I think it's precious because um, you should try to counter emotions with process so you can squeeze the best out of the game. Like emotions are not good to make you win again and again and again. And they're a good driver. They're good when they're connected to motivation. It's not always good when it when it comes down to click the right stuff. Yes, yes. I, just just rituals and not rituals, yeah. Like yeah, not not adjusting. Right it's like results can be very random at times. You know that there's. Yeah, it's like for example, if, 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 if G2 is going into a match in a BO1 against the the weakest team in the region, there's still a chance that the enemy wins. That's just the nature of of, of the game. Like uh, there's a, the percentage might be small. But in a case where it happens, does the foundation you build just fall apart, or is it is there a process in place that uh, accounts for the idea that uh, results vary? And um, yeah, if 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 well, so all of a sudden the result changes and you have to change your whole process, it means that the process was just misplaced in the first place, and uh, you're not uh, really aligned in what what you believe in, you know. I, I I really, really enjoyed this conversation because it was truly our main issue uh, last year. We had the super team. We started late. Uh, a lot of things uh, went wrong in split. In split, there was uh, a player that was struggling a lot and we had to make adjustments and we wanted to, you know, uh, make changes, but we couldn't. And then the momentum of what we built, well, built is such a wrong word. The momentum of the, the what we went through bled into the summer split and when we tried to build everything from scratch with the introduction of what we want to do and the values that we set we are working so far from behind where yeah the the behaviors yeah. and the habits have become established and you need to kind of start over uh, which uh, of course you know uh, do, dealing with that in the middle of a season becomes so so difficult because in the end no. we, our, our backs were against the wall we had to win games always to just uh, uh, qualify to the next stage. We were in the loser bracket and we wanted to go all the way. And you begin to band-aid solu- solve situations rather than challenging and putting energy into breaking everything down and working upwards. You're just kind of trying to make sure that everyone's smiling and everyone's happy. And in that, you kind of, you're in survival mode uh, instead of in that state of growth that uh, everyone should aspire to be in. Mindset. Exactly. Positivity. Like, and I'm lucky because I work with the coaching staff, which was behind the Schalke Miracle Run. Mm. So those guys know 
how to think even if their foot are deep down in shit you know yes, yes. and 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 it's all about mindset and i mean and skill but you can improve your skill if you keep working and and then if you keep improving um and they they know how to tell you okay shut up are you here to work or are you here to complain mm-hmm. yeah you can decide to feel miserable and your life suck and everything or you can decide to acknowledge i'm a pro player i'm earning good amount of cash to play video game every day with other like-minded people let's smile when we go to work and give everything so if we have to die at least let's make it glorious you know <laughs> and 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 i think that should be the mindset like yeah complain about it and fuck you or let's go to work Maybe the result is exactly the same. <laughs> there is there is one guy I would rather follow than the other. You know, I think things this is this is yeah, it's just how life is. And can come from players. You can have true leaders among players. You can have it's 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 the uh, the shot calling discussion, which I keep hearing about League of Legends, like who is the shot caller in the team, and there is no shot caller, and everyone is a shot caller at the same time. And and if you're a player and you want to become a shot caller. You need respect from your teammates. If not, they're not going to listen to you. And and that's that's when you go back to the idea of respect, right? If if you're in the middle of a fight and you say something, if no one respects you, no one's going to listen to you. You feel it even at your own tiny level when you play with your friend. Everyone is in bronze, silver. If if the iron four friends start to say, "Let's go Nasho," no one's going to follow <laughs> because it's it's your it's your shit friend who said it. Unless the platinum friend is going to be like, "I think it's a good idea. Let's go." And then suddenly everyone goes, why? Was it leadership? Was it respect? Was it based on something? If you want people to follow, they need to respect you. And you can create that outside of the game by paying attention to your teammate. Yes, you want to yes. become the leader of your team, do your own one-on-one. Those stuff we are doing from the management side, I would love to see players with the mental strength to take the team in their own hand mm-hmm. and go talk to every single player every day. The same way we talk to the boys every day. One player every day, one different guy. That would give him so much strength. And doing a real one-on-one. I'm not talking about entering the room and say, hey, how is everyone going? You good? Okay, me too. Pop, one-on-one done. No, this has no value. I'm talking about, hey, come to me. Let's go to a separate place, sit down and talk about life. It could be five, it could be 10 minutes. How are you doing? How's your family doing? What do you think about today's scrims? Are you excited for this weekend ahead of us? How do you feel about meeting these players on stage soon? How do you feel about the stuff I told you two days ago? And then you create this safe space and maybe the first one-on-one is gonna be half an hour. Second one will be 20 minutes and the last, all the next one are gonna be 10 minutes. But then you know people. And when you're in the heat of the battle, when you scream charge, you know, how the four people around you will react because you speak to them all the time. And I have the feeling pro players don't do that a lot, but that could be so valuable. That could be so valuable. Know your teammate. So they will follow you to battle. No, it's uh, definitely, it's like the, the, the first initial step always that I take is always I need to understand and know my players inside out. I need to know everything about them and I will go through great lengths whether it's uh, 
If they don't want to spend any time with me and I have to go to a shisha bar with them to do that, I will fucking do it to make sure that I know I'm inside out just so, you know, I can give guidance to other players in terms of how they can potentially act or, or gain respect and gain yeah. this, this mutual uh, benefit just to give them some advice. Oh, this player reacts to this positively or maybe you should try doing this thing or maybe you should try to go in this direction just to be able to build that respect because it's, it is... Easy to come into a team and have that tenure where, oh, this player came from a team that uh, beat me the other year, so I'm going to have respect for him. But the maintenance of what you're doing day to day, this is what is going to matter in the long run. And that maintenance and that effort that you have to put into it to maintain that level of um, you know, respect and, and uh, um, impact on your teammates is, is so, so important. And the, 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 it's like, in the end, we, we are in the business of people. It's like understanding people, business of people. You're not going to uh, have... The, the strongest team is never the, the five strongest individual players. We've seen this pattern play out time and oh, time again. Nice. Uh, there's, there's so many circumstances where... Uh, you know, just the, the, the strongest uh, team in terms of what the culture is and what, what the environment is and how everyone's bought into the process, uh, this is essential because you can have very smart people in the room. Maybe one of your players is the smartest player in the, in, in the world, but he has, doesn't have uh, the way of, of connecting that, those ideas to his teammates properly. And you find the situation where rather than uh, uh, creating a situation where the ceiling of the team is matched with his knowledge, you have this process of disconnect that makes the, the floor so much lower because you have players pulling in a different direction. And just the way you communicate with people and talk to people, how you find ways to concentrate energy in the same direction, this is truly like the, the most beautiful thing about uh, League of Legends, you yeah? know, and, and team sports in general, uh, for sure. It's, it's in a way G2 2019 because they were able to understand one another, communicate one another, spend a lot of time outside of the game together and, and respect one another. So when they are on on the rift, then they click because they respect and they value one another and they really believe the guy next to them is the best in the job. So it's human. It's, it's Clicking fast is not going to make you win. That's not enough. Yeah. Um, maybe if you play StarCraft 2. And still, you need you need this level of love for yourself, um, because if not if not, how do you how do you fucking click next game again and again? Like this game is so hard. Like after getting your ass handed to you again and again, <laughs> you you launch the ladder again, knowing it's a one versus one, and then you're scared of the fog of war because you don't know what's gonna pop up from it. Whatever, still PTSD. So for my Starcraft two times, your name. It's beautiful. There's the mental resilience of being able to say, "I'm going to the fight again. I need to understand what happened." And and yeah, but whatever. See, in League of Legends, so I mean, in any game, in in anything in life, the moment you need to have multiple people doing something. Communication, understanding of the guy next to you is going to be key. It's going to be key. And my main advice is do 101. Mm. Do 101 in everything in life, even in a relationship, even with your partner, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Ask him, her to go out and talk. Create moments where you guys can discuss about stuff. And I'm not talking the, hey, how are you? Yeah, how are you? Oh, that was good. No. The action of moving somewhere else, spitting down. Creating a space where you both define, okay, we're going to talk. 
I don't know about what, darling, but we're going to talk a bit. <laughs> and, and, and let's carry, let's take something from the conversation. And at one point you say, so it was a good talk. Let's go back to chill, you know. But the idea of we're making our relationship better by discussing together should become natural. So it's never weaponized and you keep improving. Yes, yes. Oh, it's, it's, it's exactly the same as, as any relationship, for sure. It's, it, it requires nurture. And if, if otherwise small things become so big and you get lost in what you're frustrated about and you get to that point where you, you get annoyed by everything that someone does. And you see that uh, play, it, play itself out uh, within teams too because, you know, I, this conversation is always about, you know, people say work-life balance, you know, you come in, you do your job and then you leave. It's like it's so difficult when you're trying to uh, create a situation where you yeah. perform at the highest level. It, it just becomes a very, very different thing than to just put in the hours and then move on. Yeah. Work-life balance. Yeah. I, I wanted. I wanted to ask you. Uh, it's 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 always a very interesting conversation about how to make the players work together. Uh, something that um, you know, in, in sandbox, I had the staff of of seven people. You know, making that work together. Jesus it's like we, we I had fifteen players, seven staff members. And, and it was like a chess puzzle, making sure that... Uh, sure. I, I work by the principle of I w want to make sure that everyone feels important, everyone feels valued, and that everyone's growing in the direction that they want to grow towards, regardless if it's a player or it's a staff member. This is just uh, my principle. Uh, I, I wanted to ask from, from, from Jitsu's perspective, how do you guys always... How, how do you work in a way where you're always united, you know? How do you find ways to be united? Because in the same way that the staff team needs to be united as one, the players need to be united as one, and the, there's so many parallels that are so similar. How, how, how does the G2 staff work together? Accountability on what we're doing. Mm. Um, um, Our favorite thanks word, to, huh? Thanks to Isma. <laughs> uh, thanks to Isma. It's, 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 uh, he, helps, he helps me a lot to stay true to my own words. Um, by discussing all the time, we speak all the time. We do. It's not actually formal one-on-one, -on -one, but it's a constant conversation, and we're really like-minded. So he understands what I'm doing. I understand what he's doing, and I can freely give my opinion on stuff. I think that was good. I like. I like to say what's going well, like to everyone, to people. Um, but for example, he, he sometimes I would give too much good stuff to one or two person and I would forget the rest. And then Isma is always going to be behind and say, okay, I think this, this could have uh, been even better. And, and always giving stuff on his own saying, okay, that was good. Okay. That was good. And that way we, we keep a full overview, uh, on what we're doing and accountability on how we phrase things. Um, and yeah, it's, it's. It's all about making conscious. Like that, that would be the best summary of, of, of what we're doing is making our strengths conscious. So, but there's a lot coming behind this little sentence, you know, because you need to understand what the strength is, how you can use it, how to identify it, how to discuss it, how to nurture it, how to protect it, and, and, and to push it. And then, and then strengths like communication. Okay, good. That's a, that's a good book title. What's in the book? Like a communication between people in one-on-one setup. That's a good chapter title. What goes into the chapter? 
one goes into every single sentence is explaining you how to build something and there's no right or wrong answer it depends on the people you work with because mm. everyone's going to be different it's going to be different if you work in a team all speaking the same language it's going to be different if you have language buyer it's going to be different if you have a lot of big big age differences cultural differences it's going to be everything's going to be specific to people but the good news is we have enough time to make it specific you know uh, we have only five players so if you work on one guy you work on 20% of your team if you work on one staff you work on 30% of your staff so yeah spend the time spend commits and yeah that, that was I was uh, smiling about the work life balance because we don't have any yeah, it doesn't <laughs> like, <exist>. like, <laughs> but it's a choice you know yeah, it's yeah. a choice I made long ago like I knew do I want to work 70% Okay, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to say 60%. Do I want to work 60% of the day and chill 40% of the day and and do not really enjoy the 60% and earn money so I can enjoy the 40%? Or make my decisions in a way where I'm going to work 95% of the time, but I will always enjoy it. And and yeah, that's a battle. I, I, I That's a decision I made long ago. And then, yeah. I work is my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's like, it's like always when, it's like there's been two moments in my career where I wasn't on a team. Uh, then it's like my family, they think, oh, uh, now he's going to have more time for us. And I am, <laughs> it's like I am a workaholic by choice. You know, I, <laughs> I, I will always find ways to do more because there's always more to be done. Uh, even in Fnatic last year, I was very disappointed that I couldn't, just put a put a mat on the floor and sleep in the office because I was always there first and I was always closing down at 2 a.m. <laughs> but there's at, just at no, that UOL was the, sleeping in the in the sofa. <laughs> there's just no other way to do it. I was, I was taking naps on the sofa. That was but, my <laughs> way of winning time. But it's I, fun. It's like it's like a land party. You know? Yeah. <laughs> when you go there and then if you if you go to DreamHack summer or winter incredible events where you have all those people sleeping and playing for three days in a row and this yeah our work is a more professional life party uh we have we have to pay pay attention of what we're doing mm. um on terms of sleeping and living and stuff but i'm just i just believe i have the best job in the world <laughs> i missed it i missed it when as we were saying a few times you didn't have this kind of job you mm. were back in the real life job and I had cool jobs like uh worked uh, my, my last normal job was riot you know mm. worked three years for them incredible company we've worked you've you worked on so many really cool events with really really good people i loved it see it was it was a monday to friday job and you get you get lost in the source a bit uh, because most of the projects you do even if they are short-term project compared to real life um i'm talking two, three, six-month project, mm. uh, when in real life, usually it's two, three, four, five years project. But it's still you get, you have those meetings on Friday and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to send you a recap. Ah, maybe on Monday, uh, it's a weekend, yeah. three hours. Um, and then let's do another call by Thursday. All right. Then, bam, one week of your life just went up like that. And and then you work on monthly project and, and things get slow in a way. Yes, yes. Not, not, not when you work on the team side. Like, my life is about to accelerate in 24 hours. In 24 hours, I'm either 1-0 or 0-1. In 72 hours, I'm 3-0, 2-1, 1-2, or 0-3. Mm. 
Mm. And I'm either ecstatic, I feel like shit, or nothing. You know, it's just it's, it, it is. It makes you feel alive. It's a price to pay. If you lose, you feel like shit. I've been in bad teams. I've lost a lot. You know, with Unicorns of Love, we never made it to world ever. Mm. That means I think we lost a total. I did the math last time. Six best of five we've lost, or seven across three years. That means you wake up in the morning and you're like, guys, I feel it. Today, we go to Worlds for the first time ever. Mm. And at night, <laughs> you go back home and you feel like shit because you lost again yes, and yes. again. And, and of course, you feel like shit. And then you call your friends and your family and you're like, oh, we fucking suck. But they don't understand your friends and your family. Yes, yes. They're like, bro, you're still getting money to, to train a Pro, pro gaming team like you're in Berlin it's fun oh like it's a party city and say, yeah, yeah. I don't want to I don't want to party bro I just want to just want to die right now we, we're not making worlds and 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 but the day after it gets better and and then you realize again I still have the best job in the world and that's why I advise to every pro players losing a lot go back home go back to your friends go back to your family and take this take this fresh perspective on life where they're going to make you feel special because you're pro players and you probably earn more money than your whole family and friend combines right now and you have freedom of your time and your schedule and you travel the world sometimes when you win and you have a really cool job so after losing a season go home realize how incredible your life is and even if you're top 10 you know even if you giga suck they don't care they love you. <laughs> your family and your friends, you're like, it's okay. You still pay to play video game. And you're like, yeah, I suck. okay. But <laughs> get get the mojo back. Go back to your work. And then and then the moment you're going to start your game with your friend, I mean, your friend with your teammate, you paid for it. You're like, okay, I'm going to try hard because I have the best fucking job in the world. Not the easiest, but probably the best. No, 100%. I think it's like only after those heavy best of five defeats, that's like the only time, that night is the only time where I allow myself to, to suffer. Because in season, you <laughs> yeah. you have to be the, the rock and the, 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 the players uh, look towards oh, yeah. and you, you draw can. strength from. You're, you can't. You're the You're the it's, 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 it's interesting because it's such a double-edged sword. It's like I have a very hard time celebrating good moments and I, I, the same way I have uh, a hard time yeah. uh, feeling the pain in those moments. It's like, it's always, what is the next thing? This, it's like the chase is what makes me high, you know? This is what I've recognized about myself yeah. uh, over time because so many variables outside of your control, you focus on what you can control and uh, uh, in that you always, uh, you know, find the, the, the beautiful aspect of it. And myself as well, I, I, I worked, I... I couldn't find uh, a team between um, like the year 2020. Uh, this was when uh, we were both at uh, Riot together, right? Uh, yeah. This is when I got to know you a little bit more, you know, after the Unicorns of Love days. And uh, I, this like, I was like, okay, I'm going to try fl freelancing, see w what's going on. I had some opportunities in the past. Boom, COVID hits. I was like, oh, shit. And then I, <laughs> and then I we're going through this process of, of, of like working as a commentator, but and I, I realized that I was basically streaming, making content 24-7. I was developing, I was, I was pushing myself towards burnout. I was having like throat conditions oh, because I realized that I was trying to, to find that uh, uh, level of um, 
you know, com competition and reward uh, <laughs> in something, you know? It's like you, you get chased by these demons, but I've... Yeah. I, I have found myself in a place where I'm friends with my demons now. It's like that fear, <laughs> fear, that fear. I'm happy that I have it, you know? <laughs> Actually, it's a good question. What's next for you? I currently, I, what are you um, going to do? Uh, currently I'm, I'm just, I'm just waiting. I, I am floating this, this idea of, um, uh, potentially, uh, working as a consultant for teams. Uh, during my time where I uh, am waiting for uh, the right team because I believe that this is something that is missing where uh, you have an outside perspective that is knowledgeable about um, uh, what it means to be in competition, the stress that it involves and uh, uh, getting that fresh perspective and being able to question all of the processes that are in place in order to get uh, you know additional information. It's like, I wish I could have done this at certain points because sometimes you, you do something for so long that uh, you don't see a, a different way of doing it sometimes, especially in terms of how teams go. Maybe there's habits and behaviors that are very destructive, but they are just, they've just been there. Uh, so they've just become a part of the process. And this is an idea that I'm floating. At the same time, I, I'm i just waiting for the right opportunity because I want to feel, it's like when I join a team, I want to feel engaged at the level where I want to work with this team for the rest of my life. Like in in in, in the oh, moment, wow. in the moment, I want to feel that way. Yes, maybe in three years, maybe I feel it differently. But it's more about the idea of being so engaged in a team that you care about every aspect of it. You know, I want to be able to feel like if there's things that I disagree with on a principle level or on a value level that I can engage in it and, and do my best to, to, to correct the course and to be, you know, really, really aligned with what the vision of the team is. So I can feel like, Oh, we are building something and moving in the direction that I truly, truly believe in. And this is always what I'm, what I'm searching for. Yeah. That's like the, the, the main thing that, okay. uh, you know, brings me joy. Yeah. Are we going to see you a bit on broadcast or not? Yes, yes. Uh, I will keep busy nice. by being on broadcast and um, I'm, I'm doing the content, you know, to uh, to to stay involved. Uh, just, I, I really love the game. I, I, I am one of the few guys yeah. that doesn't hate playing the game. I wish I had more time to play the game because I love the game. I've loved the game for 13 years. I, I think it's the best game ever made, you know. <laughs> I have no <Good> game. <laughs> I love the game. You know? I agree. Yeah, it's just... I think it's, it's for a lot of us our eternal best second game maybe sometimes another game's gonna come take takes a spot for like one two three months yeah, and yeah. then vanish but lol lol is here lol is here it's just it's just too good and they keep like yeah they keep they keep making it uh really really fun so happy i love yeah, watching sure. this game i don't always love what uh, playing it mm. sometimes it triggers me because i'm not good enough <laughs> that's <laughs> i have to be I have to be uh, <laughs> to be honest with myself on this one um but watching it watching them play like mm. one of my fondest memory from last year for example is uh when we were screaming um uh what's the name of the mid laner who just won worlds fuck uh in my memory Zeka. We we were we were uh, screaming versus them, and and you had um, you had caps versus Zekamid, mm. and they were fighting. I think there was some retarded fight, like like Akali versus versus uh, another champion, which is assassin level, mm. and it was so close. It was so beautiful to see those two insanely good player with like ten HP on lane, both of them with flash up to the edge, you know, and mm. they were dancing and. 
and he killed Caps once. Caps goes back on lane. He kills him again. And usually when that happens, Caps can get a bit triggered, you know? Mm. And he wasn't because he knew his opponent was worthy, you know? Yes, we, yes. we were in the manga and we, we were in the sofa <laughs> with, with, with Dylan and we looked at one another like, what the fuck is happening, bro? He's insane. <laughs> and and, and, and they, kept, they kept fighting and, and, and at one point, Caps kills him. And 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 he 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 made a little like, ha! He was <laughs> he never does that. He never does that. He usually doesn't react to stuff. So it, it we could feel it meant something for him because it was a good opponent in front of him, you know. Mm. And 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 oh my God, I I remember sitting with 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 Dylan and looking like we are truly witnessing something special. Like yes, this yes. is incredible. What's happening? And it happened two or three games in a row. And and we asked him so. How do you think this guy is? Because they were not the best team back then. Mm. We were even before group. Um, and he was like, he's good. And mm. he doesn't usually say that about the other mid, you know, like, yeah, I think, I think he's good. And he was, and that's the moment where I love this game. Yes, I love, yes. I love that it, it, it gave enough depth for me as a noob to understand something magical is happening. And I see this guy, which I know is probably the best player ever made in the Western world. And his brain is fully wired to it. And, He's pushing it to the limit, and and it finally meaning someone that good in front of him. I got him. <laughs> well, I don't know what happened. You know, if 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 Shakarez had to do one of the montage, that would probably be a thirty-five minute montage with tuck, 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 all the skills in a row. I was like beautiful. That was beautiful. So I wasn't too surprised when they won worlds because I knew at least their mid laner <laughs> solid, really <laughs> solid. That was crazy. No, I, I, that's so relatable. But it requires such a special player that really, like in the face of defeat, becomes really motivated. You know, that is yeah. definitely, you know, a very, very rare player. You know, I've, I've come, across, come across a few of them. It's like Hilly is definitely a player like that. Upset is a player like that. Um, Upset, Whipple, Ons, Caps, um, Whipple as well. Yeah. Jizuka, yeah. I have a story for you. So we were screaming ah. against IG. We were screaming against IG. And uh, we were getting demolished. We were getting demolished. We only had one scrim block against them. Uh, this was 2018. Like instantly, we scrimmed out. These guys are winning worlds. Like this is this is done. By the way, this is they are winning worlds. <laughs> like when when Fnatic were winning games against them, I was like, holy fuck, how are they doing this? I, I don't know what's happening. And 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 it's like basically after the world championship, uh, Juzuki comes to me, tells me I'm staying in Korea. I'm like, uh, oh, you, you're gonna stay here? He's like, yeah, I have to boot camp. I was like, you're going to boot camp right after we've boot camped and we've spent already two months in Korea preparing for this tournament. He said, yes. And I say, so, so what's, what's on your mind? Like, what, 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 what pushes this? He said, if we are playing against IG on stage and we are playing against them again, I will not feel confident enough to beat Rookie. So I need to practice. So he just stayed right after a big tournament, stayed in Korea, boot camped a month. In my veins, I love this stuff. And this is yeah, that this is, is what we live dedication. for, you know. <laughs> that's 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 what, yeah, that's why I do this job to work with players like this. Mm. That's why we got Hans, because he has the shittiest year of his life at Liquid for whatever reason, and he's like, I still have it. Mm. I'm still relevant. I wanna, I wanna show the world I'm still relevant. What I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back home in Europe, and I'm gonna become rank one in two weeks. Bam. And and then he decides, okay, that's not enough. I'm going to go to Korea. 
and I'm going to be rank one. Okay, he failed this part. Uh, he only ended up top 20. Uh, but I think he played 400 games in a month, mm. something like that. No, 4,000, I don't remember. Something insane. Because he, he wanted to show, okay, I love the game and I'm good at it. I'm going to show you. Sense. <laughs> and yeah, I'm down. I want, yeah, okay. I want to work with a player like that. I want to work with a player which I know he wants to win so hard that losing just part of the process. And and yeah, it, it was it was crazy, no, crazy. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah those, those stories for sure. It's it's like it, it, I remember like when I signed the 2018 Vitality roster. First 2017, uh, we we had the roster the Vitality had built, and then I said I'm going to go through this process. But at the end of the year, I want to have the keys to the castle. And then I said we're going to recruit uh, Jizuke, Jack Troll, Attila, Gilius, and we're going to keep Kabushard. They looked at me as like, oh, what the fuck is this? You know, what the fuck are we doing here? But I went through the process of practicing against them. I went through the process of talking to each and one of them. You and and, and yeah. this just came down to their story of how they got to where they are and the dedication that they had to put yeah. in order to be in the position that they're in. And just knowing that they will come with an attitude of being grateful and coming with a vengeance towards the LEC, that level of energy is so infectious, you know? You know they want to beat. And, and we could, want to fight. I, it was so easy to, to, to rally this group together because we we had the goal of beating Fnatic. This 2018 Fnatic, everything that we did, oh, it was like Fnatic. we we want yeah. to beat Fnatic, and we we tried yeah. we uh, we were working in ways to make ourselves as awkward as possible. So when Fnatic faces us, they are scared. And always in the interviews, it's like Fnatic was like, yeah, the only team that we're worried about is Vitality because these guys are fucking psychopaths, and this is exactly what we Good. were striving for, you know. It's like the only Excellent. danger. The only danger with that is if you beat Fnatic, what the fuck happens then? Uh, moving on from that point, that's the only danger about it. But you know, uh, stepping stones. Doesn't know? matter. <laughs> we've, we've never been that far. <laughs> we stepping don't know. Stones. But it's good. It gives you. It gives you. Um, yeah, that is. Yeah, that's the right mindset. Mm. We still have. I see. God, Gilius. Yeah, my token US Roman YG2 did me so dirty. Oh yeah, I have no clue, bro. Uh, ask the content team. Uh, I think they wanted some famous name in the jungle, so uh, they put your ad there. Uh, uh, it's for the miracle run, Gilius. It's for the miracle run juice. Yeah, you probably. Know? Look at that rest of the roster. They need some. <laughs> they need someone <laughs> to, to rally them, uh, to say, "Look at me now," you know, someone to 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 to, to bring yeah. them up. You know, I, I don't get that, triggered by it. I, I wanted to Good bring news. up Romo. Uh, your um, yeah, since since your background is business development, right? I'm, yeah. I'm curious. So it's like, I've been watching K-Cop, you know? I've been reviewing K-Cop yeah. games and the, uh, and the LFL fans. It's like, the, the LFL is doing so many things right. What, 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 what are some things that um, can become more tangible? What are some things that, from your perspective, are things that, uh, you know, what are the lessons that are in what LFL is doing? Out of, out of this topic. Because um, I've... Um, my last year and a half at Riot mm. were mostly dedicated to work on the ERL ecosystem mm. uh, and discussing with every single ERL partner how they could improve their business, how they can create better marketing offer, attract more sponsors, uh, sell. And, and it also went hand in hand with all the Riot department because they wanted to unify the ERL approach, uh, which is, I truly believe, what will make us the best region in the world. Um, by providing ready to play with pro players for the LEC, um, and by ready to play with, I mean, 
the like the stage experience, coaching staff experience. They know how to work around draft. They know how to dedicate their whole life towards towards the goal. Um, so yeah, whatever's happening at the ERL level right now will make us the best region in the world and is is the future of of uh, of Europe and of League of Legends European. Um, the LFL specifically, I think, um, benefited greatly from KCOP in terms of viewership um, and and the co-streaming uh, done by Kameto uh, uh, was something incredible. Um, it was combined with winning. That helps because mm. you can cast, but if you're not winning, it's less interesting for people. Uh, so from a French perspective, it was so refreshing. Um, so we're talking 2021, I think, which is was the first year, uh, first crazy year. It was incredible to watch them play and and feel the energy and the love of Kamito just just screaming in front of his computer, happy for his boys, <laughs> and 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 he. He became the the connection point between between what he was representing and his love for the club and his passion for the game, um, and, and and the game itself, uh, and it brought a lot of new people, uh, a lot of new people there, um, and it carried a lot of the viewership, uh, and then the rest was also taken because the French broadcast of OTP was also in a really specific year, uh, they just cut ties with the old old way of doing things called O-Gaming uh, to become OTP and to really take ownership back on how they would do broadcast, how they would talk about the game. And Chips, Noah, Twix, and all the people behind them are doing an incredible job at developing their product. Um, so all those stuff combined made the LFL extremely exciting to watch and just sparkled some big, big success on top of that and it it blew up it it blew up a lot and it created this this love for the story and and this this beautiful storytelling for one year and then another year of a lot of wins and passion and dedication and Kameto is so connected because his main job is to be an influencer uh, and he's a really good influencer he's a really good leader he's good at Carrying people and then taking people to battle, and we had a couple of other French events, for example, like the the Pixel War really really helps those stuff. Um, and it's it was nice, it was really really great. Um, my only regret is the um, the fact that they couldn't join LEC <laughs> like two years in a row. Uh, I think it would be incredible. Yes, yes. Um, I, I remember discussing it with with Cameto uh, and, and Xavier back then a lot uh, when I was on the riot side because I really wanted it to happen. You know, it just wasn't possible uh, for different business reasons. It failed multiple times in a row um, for different reasons, which can't get into details. Uh, but I just hope, just hope it happens. You know, uh, sooner than later because it would be it would be great and we can we can feel it. For example with Koi right now. And Ibai has a bit the same the same story in a way, which is he is this influencer. Uh, I mean Ibai story is even more connected to League of Legends because he was a caster there and and, uh, and in a way Ibai is so much bigger than than, than Kameto uh, in his own region. Uh, he's so much bigger on the Spanish level and 
because it's Spanish language, it has a bigger reach than just Spain. Uh, and, and when I see all the good things it brings, it brings to the LEC and to the viewership and to the rivalry and everything, then then make me even more sad. <laughs> we can't have Kekop because yes, yes. I would love to see, I would love, imagine a fucking Kekop Koi. Imagine a Kekop G2 mm. in playoff, this kind of stuff. I think that would be incredible, but... I just hope, just hope it's going to happen sooner than later, and then and then it's going to be really, really good for the product. Uh, I think we we're scratching the limit of the franchise model, which was a necessity, and I was against it in 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 2017 when I'm still Unicorns of Love. Um, I was like, nah, franchise sucks, really bad idea, uh, because we need relegation. We're in Europe, every single sport needs relegation. Um, the stuff is from a business perspective, we can't keep a, a relegation model because sponsors are not interested to give money to teams because teams could be gone after a few months yes, yes. so we needed the franchise model i understood that i made the move to go to north america for one year or two to mm. leave it from from like and and on the american american scale of things so much bigger much much crazier uh and it convinced me this is good this is what we need for business to to develop for example so came back to europe uh, worked on the right side, and I saw the direct benefits of this model towards teams, for example, and how it helps them to develop a business and everything. Uh, it was it was a necessity for those teams to to exist and to survive, as as easy as it is. Um, nowadays, it's becoming more challenging because we didn't have the layer below LEC back then. That means if you wanted to be a competitive and relevant League of Legends team, you had to be an LEC team. You could not say the same by just having a team on the ERL. It wasn't even called ERL. It was just, it was just a shitty, a shitty level. It was too complicated to, to survive at this level. Yes, yes. Now it's doable. LFL is a beautiful example of it with really big teams: the K-Corps, Gamers Origin, Solari, Vitality, stuff like that. What's happening in in Germany with with Spandau? What's happening at the Spanish level? And when it's happening in the other ERL in Portugal, in Greece, in Italy, in Poland, all those places. So now I think the ecosystem could survive a relegation system. Stuff is, there is an existing contract and there is an existing status of the LEC, so it's not possible to, 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 to modify this format, at least for now. Let's see in the next years, because it is a, it's a beautiful challenge offered by Europe right now to, 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 to tell the LEC, look, we have the ecosystem strong enough to support lower leagues and maybe for the sake of competition it would be nice to challenge the current status of things but i also believe from a business perspective it's not possible uh, so let's take the best out of it which is when really really strong team emerge from the ERL level let's integrate them into into the lec uh, either by selling slot buying slot i don't know exactly how but this is this is what Korea is doing. This is what China is doing, and it's working beautifully for them. I won't comment too much on the NA version of it because it's a different beast. And have a have another opinion why NA will never be as good as Europe. Um, but let's yeah, at it. least for Europe, let's see. LF, <laughs> from, yeah, like I can. Let's get into this one after. Okay, um, okay. So I think kick up, kick up, LFL, and everything happening in France right now. Beautiful. Their home and away system is incredible. Yes, it's yes. incredible. I won't. I won't dive too much in the business details around it because I don't want to grill. Uh, 
too much riot. I have my own opinion on it. Um, but it's, it's just a lot of lot of respect for for what they're doing mm. um, and for what's happening in France. And yeah, definitely some jealousy. Um, just yeah, I, I didn't just I didn't I wanted to ask you like why is LFL days a thing and uh, we our finals is uh, lacking the 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 the, the bravado yeah, it deserves. I will, I will dodge this, uh, this question. Um, but yeah, I think it's a shame yeah. that we can have it. But yeah. I remember my days when I was in Dragonborns. I played the LCS in um, Season 3. So it was European LCS. And uh, my first match was in Lille. The big wooden arena. I think it's called Zenith. Uh, yeah, it's old. This was an arena oh, with twelve thousand people made out of wood, and I am playing on yeah. stage. I'm laning versus Alex Ish in my first opening match. Alex I solo Ish. kill him, and I hear thunder. You know, <laughs> that's the first time the how 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 was done by ships and Noah. This was this was mental. This experience. We that's lost OG. the game, but I don't care. <laughs> like that, the fact that this was something that uh, was possible back then. You know. It gets me thinking, but once again, you you can't you can't speak, so that's okay. I just wanted to share no. this. this yeah, anecdote. I agree with you. I <laughs> really agree with you, and I think it's a disgrace we can't do the same at the LEC level. But this is a more complex conversation which I can have right now. Okay, uh, okay. But I can dive a bit deeper in my own theory why NA will never be able to compete versus okay. Europe, and I base this on. So year I spent there uh, as the GM of a team mm-hmm. um, in 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 uh, in in LA, uh, and all those years I've spent in Europe uh, working on the uh, Riot side and on the team side. Um, I think um, it's an intrinsic problem connected to Riot itself because mm-hmm. in LA um, the studio, the NA studio, is next to an incredible place, Insane. which is Riot the riot campus the riot campus is insane it is it is it is such if, if you're a fan of the game of the riot ecosystem it is it is just crazy i gained Everything, so much weight when i was there it was <laughs> going to this food is good <laughs> people are nice you walk in this giant place and everything is is made and tailored and and mm. like you have the the, the freyloth building and everything is made of ice and blue and you go to the sejuani business meeting room and everything is really cool and moving and stuff so and you're working on all those great projects and 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 you have the new games and it is it is just it is such an amazing place to come to work that means when you're a rioter what's really cool is not really to work on esports it's to work on riot ecosystem mm. on league of legend on valorant i mean back then it wasn't even an official game but on all those games this is cool and 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 that means if you work on the on the esports side you're not as proud as you work as if you're working on the esports side in europe for mm. example and 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 overall for, from a pro perspective becoming an lcs pro players is not as cool as being an lec players in europe for example and and because you're in la you're in the city of influences. You're in the city of craziness and 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 mm. TikTok and people doing. So there's so much cool stuff happening that your job is not really the coolest in the world. Definitely not in the city. Definitely not in this ecosystem. The riot people around you are doing their job and they're doing the job really well. It's just it it will never be as good. I, I feel as the riot people on the other side because if you're a pro player, 
and you walk on the riot campus in LA, half of the people don't even know who you are. You stand, you stand reckless and Hansama walking in the middle of the riot LA campus. Half of the people don't know who you are because they work on other stuff connected to the game. And eSport is not everything. I know it's hard to listen. I know it's hard to say, especially for me, especially for you, because eSport is our life. But mm. for a lot of the rioters, eSport is not their whole life. Their life is a game. Their life is gaming. Their life is creating the best video game possible in the world, keeping it updated and stuff. And they're really good at what they're doing. They just, they just don't, don't care about eSport, you know? Um, and, and I think it changes a bit the way you feel the product when you're a pro player. When you're backstage in LA, you feel like you're a part, you're you're a pawn on the chess, on on the chessboard, you know? The green room are not really pretty. The makeup room, at least back when I was there, was was in a in a in a shit place. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean and poor Cass, which is a the makeup lead artist there, is putting all her heart in it. You know, she really wants to make you feel home and comfortable, but she's doing the best she can with this crappy little place where she is in Europe, the makeup room. Is the beating heart of backstage, yes, yes. and and the experience as a pro player when you go to the to the studio in Europe, you feel like you're king, and it doesn't matter if you're Yako and it's your first LEC or if you're Reki and it's your your split number twelve. Everyone knows you're a pro player. Everyone respects you when you walk around. You sit in those big rooms. You sit in this big makeup room. You sit in in Shpuzi and Maureen chair, and you have all the pictures telling the story. Yes, you yes. you belong to his story. You you feel like you're here to maybe put put your name in the history of Europe and 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 you and you want to try hard for it and this is the top of the pyramid of the food chain because most of the boys came from ERL so they've been trained already they know what's going to happen to them in an A not really they don't really have this ecosystem below it so it's just if you're not double lift no one cares about you backstage. You you you're a pro player, but maybe if you're not famous, you're gonna enter through the main the main entrance, and some people won't even recognize you. You know, you feel you 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 don't exist next to Double Lift or next to those really big names, which they deserve what's happening to them. That's not why I'm challenging. I'm challenging the rest. And the 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 way the broadcast is made is so ceremonial, so like official a bit. That for example, they don't show the the coaching staff backstage. You, you you know those reactions we have in Europe when we're happy. It's just maybe what people don't know is we have a camera on us all the time, so we don't even we don't even know and we we don't even see when we're on stage because you have to look at the other the other monitor because the the main one is delayed, so you're not gonna get the right stuff. You need to watch the other one. But mm. it's the whole broadcast is trying to create those stories to explain you this is everything happening around the team. This is crazy. This is cool. Where where in NA it's just I feel like they're more creating creating a, a broadcast, uh, and it's the players are a part of it. They're not king in Europe. The players and the teams are king. So you feel empowered when you come to work. And I felt that even coming at non-pro teams, you know, uh, and non non-pro, non non uh, non superstar team. Of course, if you're G2, you feel special because you're G2, right? Hmm. But you can also come at other teams, and still everyone is here to work for you. If you if you if you take double leaf and hands and they walk in the riot Europe office, everyone's going to recognize you because they're only here to work for eSport. I mean, you've worked in this open space. You yes, know how yes. it is. It's only eSport. Meaning, when the LEC starts, it's Friday end of the day. I mean, it changed now, but it was Friday end of the day. You can go to the studio. It's right next door. And whatever going to happen during the weekend, maybe people are going to talk about it on Monday. So it's a little tiny eSport ecosystem making it feel 
no premium. And it changes also in the way the talent take care of players. In NA, being a talent is a survival. So many people of them in a city where everyone speaks your language. And you have to you have to you have to survive to be there. So talents have to compete between them. They don't even have time to take care of the pros. In Europe, the talents are so connected to the pros. They talk to them. They care about them. Shox knows everyone by name. And they can go talk to them. Laura as well, you as well. And it creates this atmosphere of once again, when you're a new player, you just entered high school, you know, mm. but a cool high school. And you want to become you want to belong. So you want to give Hogwarts. everything for it. It's fucking Hogwarts, exactly. <laughs> and and this feeling makes you want to fight. And it gives you this extra power. You want to be a superstar there and you're willing to pay the price because the 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 instant reward of feeling cool is gonna be there. Well in NA you're not gonna feel cool unless you go party with the belief, you know, in a way. It's not mm. true. It's a bit more complex than that, of course. But that's at least that's the feeling I had and I feel it's 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 cutting them from a really nice motivation driver which we have in Europe and we have to cherish and and that's what it's only gonna get better because we're surrounded by super super passionate people in the right ecosystem just focused on esport again and again. Because the other riot departments in Europe are not in Berlin. They're in London for publishing, they're in Dublin for support, they're in Paris, they're in Bel uh, they're in Barcelona and stuff like that. Even in, in Berlin, but they have another they have another office. But the esport people are the only one surrounding the studio and their product. And it makes us feel special. And you can feel it in the day-to-day -day life. That's well, my theory. That's that's very very interesting. I'm, I'm trying to, to tie it together with with my own personal experience. Like the the, the main experience I've had was just um, when I was there for the World Championship, and when I was there to be on the analyst desk. And um, I think that I definitely walking in the Riot campus. Not that I care so much because I don't have like that, you know, I don't take myself that seriously that I'm surprised that nobody knows me, but I can, I can relate to that element of we are just uh, a couple of other people in this environment uh, where we were at the Riot campus, we were in the, in the PC room where there's all those PCs and the PlayStation and so forth. We're just playing so <laughs> and, you know, we're drinking fireballs and we are uh, <laughs> eating the foods. Like I gained way too really? much weight because of eating at Noms uh, on cooldown, you know. And those people began to recognize me, but for very different reasons, just because I ate so damn much food. <laughs> you know? As, it's, I, cafeteria. I, it's crazy it's in, crazy. in the Riot campus. But yeah. It's crazy. And, and the server and the solo queue. Mm. Solo queue, less players, whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah. But, but I think this is just a long list of excuses. Mm. Like if 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 you could have a team of five guys dedicated to bleed to death until they would get better, things could change. Yes, yes. Maybe they could find. But it's really hard to have this, this motivation all the freaking time because the environment, in a way, is too nice for you. It's, it's too nice for you. Well, in Europe... You get people coming from IRL. You're gonna have people coming from fucking Slovenia and Romania, and the salaries they're being paid is more than the whole neighborhood back at home. And they want to make mom and dad proud, and they had to crawl through one of the IRL, and they had to fight versus 25 people to get the slot. So they're here, and they're here to kill people. Where yes, in NA, yes. there's less competition for a slot, so it's not even their fault. It's just the way, the way, and esports is different. Money is different. Business, everything is different. Doesn't mean it's harder, but currently it is. <laughs> so, 
the good luck to them. It, it, I couldn't find it. I couldn't find the fix. I try. I got. I got lost in the sauce. I got glued in it. I. I couldn't transfer all my love and motivation and too much stuff to do. Too many on my own excuses. You know, like it's it's just failed. It just failed. Well, I'm so happy to be in Europe. <laughs> I've been very careful. Like I've I've agreed to a contract with Team Liquid at one point, but we decided not to do it due to like COVID restrictions and and green card would be like impossible to get at the time. That was like the only time I considered it. But every time I've always been very careful because even though money is fun and all, it's like the hours you put in and having the joy from that is so so important. I I, I really really tie together what you mentioned because. Trying, like thinking back of what, how how League of Legends esports grew, right? It's like there was in in the beginning, right? You had like the you had the TSM. It was the player driven, influencer driven team. You had CLG, and we had strong personalities here in Europe too that was streaming. But yeah. a lot of it was more tied to oh, Frogan is the the great player, you know, he's he's the guy who plays the Nivea, and then you had the Moscow Fives, and was more in tune with you know the competition. Uh, and sure, of course, CLG and TSM were very competitive at the time, but I, I can see how how it how it grew from there, you know, the trajectory of how yeah. things grew from there definitely went it's, in that direction. Fortnite happened, Twitch happened, YouTube mm. gaming happened. Like, 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 it's all those stuff happen. If you're, if you're a young kid in LA right now and you're gifted at the game, do you want to become a LOL pro? No, you want to become influencer. And I'm not blaming you. You should, if you're good at it, <laughs> like go enjoy it because you speak English and you're in an English country and all the monetization and everything is better. It's better. Yeah. Go for it. If you're in Europe, Speaking English is not going to make you a big gaming influencer. Probably not. You need to speak well of the local language. Mm. Uh, but becoming a LOL pro, at least, yeah, I can find a long list of people still willing to die on this hill. Um, harder to say for, for NA. So yeah, that's how you create competition. And if you go to China and Korea, yeah, I mean, the list goes even deeper, you know. Mm. Um, yeah. I think it's, it's interesting now. Like what I wanted to just point out is I have such deep respect for Doublelift and Bjergsen willing to risk it all to compete again because yeah. they could be streaming with 10,000, yeah, 20,000 people, make so much more money. And uh, currently they are struggling with the 100 Thieves, but I think that's irrelevant to my point. The fact is that they yeah, no. were willing to expose themselves to this again. I think it's uh, uh, really, really, I, I respect it because it means that they really, really just want to compete and they, they appreciate this and they're doing it for uh, oh. the right reasons. Yeah. And the moment they were thriving was when those people were hungry. Those people were not only businessmen. They were, they were leader of the pack. Mm. They wanted blood. They were gathering those, those players around them, taking them to battle, to grind again and again, because they wanted to go attend those international events and they wanted to beat Europe and beat the rest of the world. Like, it was better to work in NA for a while. That's mm. why I went there. Because the money was there, because the people surrounding you was supposed to be more professional and everything was supposed to be better. And Europe was stuck in this limbo between all the different languages and no no big country specific. And so, yeah, NA, NA was better. That That is just a fact. And then NA got lost in the sauce. Also, because <laughs> once again, I believe their, their business evolved. Their love for gaming and the way they create things around competitive gaming just ends. When Europe... It just got better. Mm. 
So, yeah. I, I wanted to ask you now in relation to some of the changes that LFCS has made, uh, like in terms of how they approach the broadcast, they build the new studio that is used for Valorant 2. Yeah. Uh, this, this seems to be steps in the direction of what you have mentioned as the, the biggest core issue. Uh, have you been paying attention to the, what the, the changes that they made in LCS and what do you think about them, if, if so? I think in LCS is going better mm. um, because they understood they need to create more of a broadcast by gamer, for gamer. Mm. Um, they need to cater better to the people wanting to watch them. Um, I think, I, I don't know what's going to happen to Europe. I trust the people in charge to, to, to keep, I mean, most of them are the same. The top, the top executives are still the same. They were, they were there before I joined Riot. They were there during Riot, my Riot time, and they're still here. So they are like the, the gatekeeper of the product in a way. Uh, for a lot of them, uh, I mean, it was it was changes, right? Um, people come, people go, but it's usually by cycle. And I think the current batch of of people working on on the LEC makes the product so good. Um, and it's a it's a team effort. It's also all the teams creating the product, all the narratives being built by the different players coming back, leaving, and now we can foster a lot of those narratives at the lower level in the different yeah, all, everything you said about Kickoff, for example, like again, if we get Kickoff and Koi in 2024 in the LEC, maybe our best years are ahead of us. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like they're not even here, so. Bro, I can Good. easily imagine, you know, the other big streamers, they, they are paying attention to this and they are trying to figure out strategies to uh, to to get involved. I, I, if, 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 I had, if, if I had the money, I would, it's like if I look at what return of interest I can get, I would just, I, I would just look at LFL. Like that's, that's what I would look at. But I can imagine a world where we move in the direction of, you know, you have all the big streamers that are pushing the big numbers like SQC or Asmongold and they are just battling it out, uh, <laughs> you know, that would be truly uh, um, the dream. I hope this happens. There's a lot to do. There's a lot to do in Europe, for sure. I, I mean, the the national feeling of seeing people from your country winning is something extraordinary. Mm. And then we have a lot of that because <laughs> we have a lot of countries. And, and I will... I will never forget how I felt in MSI 2018 Paris. Mm. Uh, RNG wins on stage. And the first rows were full of Chinese girl crying. Mm. Happiness. <laughs> and I, I, I remember looking at them and thinking, what would make me so happy that I would cry by relating to mm. what's happening on stage? And I was like, I mean, that would take a lot, actually. And I was used to be a gigantified of Stefano in StarCraft as a French guy, able yes, to be yes. some Korean. And I was waking up at 4 a.m. in the morning to watch him. I was like, <laughs> and, 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 but it's, it's, and I was looking at the girl and I saw, but wait, imagine the team of five French guys, full French staff, playing on stage. You follow them for six months, one year, and they win. Maybe I would cry. Maybe I will cry. So what we're missing is more of the storytelling, mm. country connected, country related, where I believe China and Korea are a bit naturally gifted, you know, because 99% of the team will be made of people from their country. So mm. it, it makes those bonds so strong. Mm. And, and that's why 
on the European level by making sure the storylines can become stronger and stronger with a lot of players growing up in ERL, gathering a player base through specific team or through specific public, and then ending up on the international stage, that's going to create beautiful narratives for Europe, for sure. Mm. That's, right. that's what used to be our doom from a business perspective might be our saving grace. 100%. Um, way. No, I, I, I can definitely see that. It's just, it's like the, the reaction... It's like I, I've been um, basically just reviewing the K-Cop games on stream. And it's it's so hard not to get swept up in the passion that the fans have. It's like now, I'm, I, now I'm looking forward to every K-Cop game. Like I feel yeah. so invested. It's like I have my friend, of course, Kabushtad playing. So I, I was always you know, hoping for the best. But now I feel engaged. I'm looking forward to the next match because it's so... Passion is infectious, whatever form it takes, uh, truly. And... Um, now I'm just looking forward to every game and they are so in, in, engaged in the product and it's uh, amazing to see, really, really. can be a double-edged sword as well. Like, they've yeah, been <laughs> in the middle of many controversies because uh, they, they are a big crowd and some of those people are just retarded. Um, and the problem is if one retarded people say something's really dumb, it's easy for everyone else to retweet and then... And, and, turn it into something really, really bad. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it comes with a... But it's also something you see a lot in, in traditional football, yeah, for yeah. example, and with any big player base, um, fan base, especially when mm -hmm. they are that dedicated. So I think they went through a few crises. Um, when they were winning a lot, didn't matter. Um, they have been winning a bit less recently. Um, so those, those bad problems. The, the same way, what I was telling earlier about those one-on-one, -on -one, you know, when mm. you have a problem in a team, if you see it, you should address it instantly because if you're winning, no one cares. But the moment you start losing, those problems can come back and can blow up mm. and turn into proportions. I think Kekop maybe should have taken care of the bad, the bad people in their rank ages ago. They didn't because they were winning. Now they're not winning as much. Maybe they should spend a bit more time uh it has to be maybe fan versus fan stuff like that but it's for sure fascinating and from a social perspective and a social media perspective there's a lot to learn mm. there's a lot to learn but for sure is the story is incredible uh so yeah i just want them in the lc man <laughs> i want them in the lc i want to fight with them and then and and win and have them crazy mad about me and then <laughs> i will be a badass and then and, and yeah, and if we lose, insult us, you know, like, yes, you, yes. you earn the rights, go for it. And because that creates those beautiful narratives, which which I think are good for the ecosystem, are good for the game, are good for e-sport, and then let's go, let's go to war. For sure. No, 100%. No, it's, 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 it's interesting how the, the same process always appears in life. Like, uh, either you adapt or you die, and the way you learn is either going to be the hard way or the hard way like the hard way where you f figure out too late or the hard way where you put in the work ahead of time uh, you kind of choose choose how you suffer uh, in in some shape or form but uh, beautiful suffering is is definitely when you choose what you suffer for this is the most beautiful yeah. form of it yeah no i i i really really love it i, I wanted to to ask you something because i know so little about it right the, the the business development aspect something that i i've been curious about is when um, 
When you're in the process of acquiring uh, sponsorships and you are trying to piece together partnerships that work, uh, how how does that look in terms of what you're evaluating? Because it isn't just you take a sack of cash and then it plays out. There's so many layers to it. And uh, uh, how does that process look like? You need to sell a service. Um, and it depends the sponsor what they're interested in. Uh, what's important from your side is the creation of your marketing inventory. What are you selling? Um, and the first initial step is to identify everything available to sell. Mm. Um, so you need to, for example, get breaks. Let's take you Red Bull uh, as a as a as a as or let's take a team. Mm. Team has a lot to sell. They have the players. They have their broadcast time. They have specific activation. They can create content. So you, what's important is to make a long list of all your strengths. It's a bit like coaching a team, actually. Mm. Um, identify all of your strengths, list them, bundle them, and go to sell them. Identify how much money you're going to need uh, and create different bundles. Because the risk is to do it the other way around. Is You find a sponsor, the sponsor comes, it's a cool sponsor, so you're going to give them everything for cheap. Um, and it's bad because it doesn't scale well. Mm. Like, you're not going to be able to take care of sponsor number two if you gave everything to sponsor number one. But on the other hand, you really wanted to make sponsor one really happy. Mm. So, and and you have two different steps in a relationship. You have the acquiring and the um, servicing. You have the people which are going to convince the sponsor that's going to be the project for this amount of money, this level of deliverables. And then you have the team in charge of making sure, are you happy? with the relationship right now? Do you get what you've been promised? Are you getting enough? Actually, you're a good sponsor. We're going to give you a tiny bit more. Mm. Maybe next year when we have to resign, you will understand that you need to pay a bit more and we can make, we can keep this relationship fruitful. So, but the first initial step is to understand what's available to sell. Um, on the LEC level, for example, it took us three years. <laughs> mm. It wasn't even done when, when, when I left and when Alban left. Because um, there's so much available, mm. and it's same the same idea of writing a book. I was telling you about like my inventory is the title of the book. Then you need to write all the chapters, and you need to dive really deep in it. Which is going to be: should we put a logo during the pre-show? Should we put a logo on shock stress? Should we put a logo on the rift? Should we put a logo during the post-game lobby? Should we put a logo during the breaks? And that's just in the where do we put a logo category? What interests you as a sponsor? Do you want access to digital goods to push your own products? Do you want access to our talents to create content? Do you want access to teams? You can't. You have to go talk to them. Do you want access to our live event? Do you want? Do you have specific moment of the year when you need to sell something? And but already to be able to have this part of the conversation, you need to you know your inventory, and and you need a good relationship between the servicing and the acquisition team, for example, because. If if the selling people keep selling stuff which already exists, then you have a problem because you're going to sell twice one of the logo slot, for example. Mm. So it's a lot of understanding what's available, same as in a team. If you want to win, you need to understand your yes, strength. Yes. Um, and then you need to put a price on it. And the pricing on its own needs to be connected to something. You cannot make a value. It's not like, oh, you're Coca, I'm going to ask you 10 million. Oh, you're Ferrero. Maybe I'm going to ask you 5 million. So no, it's not how it works. It's the, you guys should be in the range of 1 million, uh, but 
I need to provide you for so much reach and so much value for this amount. So you need to use external agency like Nielsen or any of those rating agency, which are going to, then you're going to go to them, tell them, this is my whole inventory, put a price on it, um, put a reach on it. Give me, give me a reach, give me some figures. And what figures will you use? Will you use AMA? Will you use peak viewership? Will you use the amount of people? But then what people do you have? Do you have French people? Do you have Hungarian people? Do you have Danish people? As a young, as a old, do they have money? As a students? So all that you need to understand, you need to scan, then you put prices everywhere. And then, then you challenge your prices with the market. If no one is buying after six months, then you had the wrong prices or the wrong selling method. Mm. If everyone is buying too much, then maybe it's better to do one-year contract because you have, you're going to have a lot of turnover and you can up the prices, stuff like that. I see, I see. Oh, it makes me think about a lot of things that I'm doing even in the level that I'm operating under. It's like, why is my stream so black? It's time to <laughs> package it. And <laughs> that is bad. You know, why is your stream so black? Maybe it depends on the reach you have, depends on the frequency. Of course. Maybe it's worth having some of the black zone with a little your logo here. Yeah. Jacob at Yamato.com business. <laughs> I don't know, you know, no, put, put sure. something here. Maybe you can start wearing shirts saying your logo here. Mm. And see, and see who is interested. And then, yeah, because not all brands are going to be interested by the same stuff. Yes, some yes. of them want to acquire fans. Some of them want to sell products. Some of them just need reach. Mm. Some of them just need exposure because they are long-term brands. For example, car brands. They're not trying to sell cars to the LEC fan. They're trying to explain to LEC fans, my brand is the best. So mm. when the buying decision occurs in two, three, five, ten years, then when you're sitting in front of all those new cars, you're like, oh, Kia, that's a cool brand. I remember it. It's Kia, it's good. Let's go. Mm. Makes sense. Market. Makes sense. I, I, I wanted to ask an additional layer of this, right? It's yeah. like choosing choosing who you partner with. So it's like, mm. it's like you, I've had offers where people say, Koyo, can you... Can you advertise this NFT game or whatever? You know, you can really, really dig yourself uh, holes if you if you choose the wrong direction and really, really uh, hurt uh, credibility. Uh, the, the process of working. So this was a very easy example. So I was like, I can deflect that. But for example, there's other brands that I've seen in other sponsors and I would have no idea of understanding like the process of how my fans would potentially react to it, you know? And that's something yeah. that I personally, you know, I don't have a lot of experience with, so I'm, you know, uh, it's, it's tricky. It's like we had in the you can, use, you can use company. You can ask people specializing to exactly this. Okay. To, to, to know is this brand good or not? Can mm. you do an extensive, extensive background check on them? Um, to know if, I don't know, they are a bad brand or a good brand. And then you get the result and you have to make up your mind around it. Usually, the bigger the brand is, the more chances they have a pretty bad past, mm. um, especially if you start to talk with company with 100,000 employees across yes, yes. 45 different countries. But then it depends what you believe on. It depends what your viewership believe on. It mm. depends how much. Then it's a moral decision. Um, but you have ways to, to, to before the moral decision, like some company has just tried to bat, you know, if they kill people, obviously. Yes, yes. Um, so, but yeah, it's a good question. Then it's a moral question. No, it's, it's 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 tricky because I think you hit the nail on the head that uh, as as things grow and th any company that has reached a certain point, 
it's like uh, everything that there's there's like blood on almost all money you know and it's it's weird how how almost um exactly it, it's so hard to 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 see where uh, the potential selective outrage could appear depending on what is happening right so yeah, um, it's, it's it's uh riot games is owned 100 percent by tencent which is a chinese company mm. so if you unzoom a lot and you start to get some geopolitics in our business then it gets spicy yes, so, yes. no for sure so it's kind of stuff. so i saw in your chat someone saying i feel as it's roman sharing it could be repressed by g2 no worries that will not happen um i'm um have a good relationship with my business department um they know all the stuff i just described it's theory right mm. the reality of it is an insane amount of work which has to be done by really clever people knowing the product really well and then it's a lot of network mm. you need to know who to call you need to know how to sell you need to do those stuff I'm actually really happy I'm not working in business anymore because mm. it's a lot of work. It's really a lot of work. I loved doing it. I think it was great, interesting, fascinating. You learned a lot about life, people, and things. So much happier working with players, no. <laughs> which is a it is its own business in a way. Um, but no worries. Like and the, the people at G2 are really good at doing so. And I think one of the most advanced human I've ever met in this regard is Alban. Uh, which used to be my boss at Riot and is currently my boss at G2. So I know I'm in good hands. Mm. I could I could never outplay this guy. I always felt a bit <laughs> dumb when it comes to business if I was in the same room as him because he knew the right word to say. All, all the stuff I know, I, I took it from him, you know. Before before meeting him, I thought I knew business. I had done Unicorns of Love. I had done one year in NA. I've traveled in China and stuff. Spoke with a lot of teams. I, I thought I knew how to do business. And then he sought me down and he explained me a bit how it works. And then I realized I know nothing. <laughs> I know literally <laughs> nothing. It's uh, crazy. Yeah. And uh, I went through business school and stuff. So I thought I knew things, you know, and then I realized nothing. Nothing at all. So I learned a lot. So yeah, like the... The, the the complexity of business deal and sponsorship and stuff is it takes professionals at every level of it mm. creating the offer selling it advertising it thinking it processing it then servicing then then resigning then all those stuff is is it's beautiful feeling to know the people around you are really 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 good at their job and for business you too happy uh- it's, it's it's always so interesting to for me to hear about things that I know nothing about. It's like my favorite, favorite thing to do. I ever every time I remember, like for example, we were working Vitality and we had uh, someone. So so new investors came in, and then they, this investor had this one person who was like their point person that would just always like check in on us. And this person was a handball world champion, and it's like. I, sorry, volleyball, volleyball world champion. And I was like, I don't think at all about volleyball and what that world is. But everything that he explained in terms of what they did in that world was so relatable because it's the same two things always. It's it's people and it's passion. And there are so yeah. many parallels in, in everything that you do. We had someone called um, Joel Abati. He was our performance coach. For uh, He was our temporary performance coach. He's a legend in handball. He I know his name. Uh, he basically He's won. French legend. Yes, French legend. Like he was, he was 
very very intense man his his story was he won uh, the olympics he won the the world cup he won uh, in the bundesliga he was like um, uh, working together with the team in a city where they were um basically uh, like he, he he's a black man and he came to the city where they've never seen a black man before and they treated him oh, wrong wow. but he won everyone over in the city because he took uh, Magdeburg to the championship you know and now he's loved and he was paving ways you know and it's like I also had nothing no clue about uh, the handball and so forth but he taught me some very valuable lessons I remember his words right. uh, words in my mind he said he said Yamato you always you always business 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 stone cold you don't show emotion and then he said you have to give love and then he pushed me on the chest you have to show love emotion is weapon you have to use love and, and at this moment I, I felt so energized you know and it's it's just incredible how once again it's the same he he proud uh, he was very proud of the fact that his nickname was the reverend he always brought, oh, everyone, so cool, he brought everyone together, you know, before the match. And he would say his ceremony, you know, and then they would go into war is how he explained it. And so many valuable lessons because it's, it's, it's always the same thing. People, passion and meeting yeah. and, and pushing towards the same ambition. You know, it's, 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 you can find it anywhere, you know, it's, um, what a beautiful best, world we live best in. One. <laughs> Makes me want to meet him now. Good. No, no, for sure. I, I wanted to ask you about a, a topic that uh, maybe was more related to our previous conversation, but there's been this whole discussion surrounding, you know, how how EG uh, managed uh, the the whole Danny situation. But that's not something we necessarily have to talk about. I, I I want to talk more about through the lens of what is the responsibility of an organization in terms of assessing uh, who they're hiring. You know, I think it's connected to our previous conversation, but I thought I'd bring it up to you because you're working from uh, the general manager position. Um, I haven't followed this uh, specific topic uh, too much. I, I saw it was a lot of drama, mm. um, so I didn't want it to get get in the middle of it. Mm. Um, and and so I will I will answer you with a really fresh mind. I hope yes, I'm not yes, going to say course. stuff which she's going to end up clipped and deformed because I don't know the whole Danny story. Yeah, that's why um, I asked the question so specifically it's, like it's, that because um, it's unrelated. Right everything. The end. I, yeah. I mean, if you're hiring people, do your diligence, you know? Mm. Uh, and if they're bad, to fire them. <laughs> it's, it's as easy as it is. It's a job. It's not a family. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a friendship. So, but it's sometimes hard because some of them are good at hiding. Uh, so you don't know if they're bad. I, I think the longer time you spend in 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 an industry, the more you are developing the network. Mm. So you can people quadruple, can people check on people. Um, so yeah. And for example, if I hire, if I have to hire someone in League of Legends, either a player or a coaching staff, and He's selling himself, or she's selling herself as, I'm experienced, I've done a lot and shit, and I cannot ask any of my contacts about feedback, then then, then it's a red flag, you know? Mm. <laughs> it's a red flag if you haven't worked with someone I know for the last, last eight years. Um, and then, yeah, let's talk. Let's let's see. Let's, let's, uh, I'm, I'm putting my responsibility on you. Yes, yes. So, of course, I need, I need, need to sit down and, and, and and talk and it has to come down to 
communication. And if if one of my people is failing, it's it's me who is failing. You know? Yes, yes. It's it's I can't I can't expect it's our job as you beautifully said earlier. It's communication. We are we are teachers in a way with crazy students and they need to pass the exam. Yes, yes. Um, so we're also hiring the other teachers in a way. And 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 raw knowledge is not going to make you good. Mm. If if you are extremely knowledgeable at something, it makes you a, um, a scientist, a researcher. Maybe you can write book about it. Mm. Maybe you can do yeah research and find stuff. It's not going to make you a good teacher. I've had a lot of teachers when I was younger and studying. I studied a lot of shit like history and chemistry and philosophy and stuff. It, it was fun. Um, and my best teachers were knowledgeable, but they were good at making me passionate. Some of the best teachers I had were in history teacher, in medieval history at university, and they were stepping on the desk and mm. telling me stories about how the English army was entering France and fighting castle and stuff. And as a kid, you were like, wow, of course, I'm, I actually remember it. Like, mm. like we're, we're 20 years after. No, so I that, I that is that good. I have the same guy. <laughs> See? So, but those are... Those are teachers. Those are inspiring. And 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 in our field of of work, I believe you need this kind of people around you yes, um, yes. to 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 be good. How are you doing? I don't need the most knowledgeable coach and coaching staff. I need the best at making sure my players will be performant. Mm. Might be the same people. It's a different different initial pitch. Um, yes, yes. And if 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 one of my coaching staff is gonna fuck over one of my players mentally then then it's my responsibility yes yes of course no uh, 100 i i think the 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 due diligence of who you're hiring and the expectations you're setting for um what their needs are going to be in order for them to perform what you're hiring them for is is in the end your responsibility because the outcome is an extension of of your decision right that's um, uh, 100% true. Um, I think, you know, it's like I think back to, you made me think back to the teachers that uh, I looked up to during my school years and there was two specific ones and uh, they all had that same thing in common. You know, they were very passionate and they were very empathic too. They, they were very involved in what the response to what they did was and you could see that they actively wanted to grow in everything that they did. So every action is with intention of doing the best possible. And then you adjust yourself depending on the reaction. And when passion is there, this is what you, you do. Right? When you don't yeah. have passion, you clock into your work and you don't give a shit and you just do the minimum and you skate by. And... Um, yeah, I, I feel eternally blessed that uh, League of Legends became what it became because League of Legends is something that I've been so passionate about ever since uh, I was introduced to the game because in my early days, it's like I have a very strict father, you know? I have a father that, you know, I think they put him in a time machine and he came back from 300 years ago. You know, he's very, very conservative, you know, religious father that uh, he thinks uh, rock music and... Uh, you know, video games are the devil, you know, because he read the Facebook post. And uh, <laughs> in, in my days, I had to, I always, I had to go to sleep at 10, you know, 10 in the morning. I mean, 10 in, 10 in the evening 
I had this laptop that I got from school, which was an additional blessing that I think without that laptop, I wouldn't have made it anywhere. But I was burning my legs because I was playing solo queue while laying down in bed. <laughs> oh, God. I was playing solo queue in bed. I was laying down, playing like this. And then whenever I heard my father's steps, I would put the screen down and I would disconnect for two minutes waiting for him to pass, <laughs> you know, because of the light of the monitor. And I feel Good. eternally blessed that that led to something because that could have led to fucking nothing, you know? <laughs> In a way, it also created um, an appetence and a love for it from you. Yes, yes. Created a, a need, you know. You felt like you didn't have enough of it and, and it gave you this extra motivation and passion. It made you enjoy the game even more. No. It's like when you're willing to make sacrifices for something, you know, and it leads yeah. to something, I think this is, this to me is, is, is like living, you know, yeah. it's like uh, when you, when you can choose what you suffer for, because suffering is going to happen either way. Yeah. Suffering is going to happen either way. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Either you're going to regret not doing something or you're going to do something, suffer and feel good about it, you know, and um, taking the power to make a choice is, is truly something. I wanted to talk to you about a topic, man. You're you're ripped all the time, and you said now you're, you're two hours in the gym on an everyday um, basis. It's like I started out now because I'm in off season for the first time in my life. I have January free. I'm doing push pull legs. I'm going uh, six times a week. I'm I'm really you know in in the excellent. zone. Excellent. But you've been ripped for fucking forever. How do you stay? How are you like? Do you are you always in season or is it like oh playoffs is coming this is where I'm gonna take my shirt off? So, so if you, I know I'm cut. gonna have to be half naked on stage, I I cut a bit the diet. Okay, um, <laughs> abs are grown in the kitchen, you know. Yes, yes. Uh, but you can't. I I love sugar. I love fat. Mm. Um, I love I love I love eating really bad. <laughs> um, so my initial. Uh, thought process in life was I, I no I think the, the really initial stuff of it is from like 2009 and I met this guy and he had a he had a eight pack okay so more than six mm-hmm. <laughs> eight and and I was like this is so cool I want one <laughs> I want one I don't know is this this is just I want one and so I I started to go to the gym with him and he told me yeah it's okay you just need six to seven years I said. Oh. It's long. Yeah, but then start now. Huh? And he was right. So I started <laughs> I started with him. And then my, my fitness journey had been on and off. It depends what you do. Uh, it was harder when I was in business school, for sure. Mm. It was harder when I was um, doing internship and working the real jobs. Uh, yes, but yes. then it's, it's about motivation. Uh, it's just go and, and sweat. Uh, and I... I I tried everything. I did some swimming, did some running, did some biking, uh, did some lifting stuff. Uh, I've been in, into a lot of gyms in a lot of different countries, in Poland, in Sweden, in Korea, in China, and, mm. and it's it's a fun it's a fun habit to keep. It's it's a lot of discipline, yes, uh, yes. and I like it. Uh, the easiest for me to train is when I live with a team, because mm. it's easier to control your schedule and it's easier to make some time, especially in the morning. Um, and I, I mostly do cardio. I do half an hour of really quick cardio every day. Uh, and then because I hate cardio, I, I train the way I eat food and I will always start with what I hate in my plate. <laughs> I don't like green stuff. I don't like vegetables. I don't like haricot vert. I don't like spinach. I don't like it. So if they are in, if they are in the plate, 
I will eat them first and then I will enjoy the meat or whatever mm. is left, you know. So gym, same. Cardio is the most important stuff. Always. Because mm. the heart is the strongest muscle, we'd say, <laughs> Mr. Brom, you know. And he's right. Whatever you do in life, you're going to need your heart. The moment it stops, you're dead. And it scales. Um, so I always do heart. And heart is cardio. Mm. Be biking, could be running, could be uh, the rowing machine, whatever. Then I do abs because abs is the most stupid muscle in your body. Mm-hmm. It's it's literally it's really dumb. Like it, like define abs makes no sense from a survival surviving perspective. Like if um, in the middle of a zombie apocalypse, six packs not gonna save you. Um, if you take some of the strongest guy in the world, they don't have an apparent six pack. Mm. They have really really strong core. Maybe you can see a bit of the abs if they have lower body fat, but six-packs is useless. It's purely cosmetic. So it means it's annoying, and you have to train it double. So I do abs, circled. Mm. Cardio into abs. And then it's already one hour gone. Um, If I'm exhausted, I go back home. But I need to do those two stuff because they are annoying and they take time to scale. The weights is fun. Doing push-ups, like doing pull-up, doing the stuff, and then you do muscle group and stuff. But... All those, it's easy. Check mm. a few tutorials online. You will find something which you like, how to combine the muscle group. The, the, the limit is if people go to the gym and do that first, they will injure themselves. If they, they do no cardio, no abs, they go and they push the heavy stuff so they feel really good about mm. it. The chances to enjoy yourself is really high because you get in the competition, you have the big guys around you in, in, in the gym, you want to push as much as them, but they've been doing it for 10 yes, years. Yes. You've been doing it for two weeks. And, and you enjoy yourself. You have to stay home for the next three months, and then you're fucked. This is mm. bad. Don't do that. That's why I start with the annoying stuff. So when I start my pushing, I'm dead already. Mm. So I will never push 150 kilograms, but I will do the most important thing in training, which is I will go tomorrow. Again, and mm. again, and again, and again. And it's discipline. It's it's an MMO. It's the MMO of life. It's they're, giving you, <laughs> they're giving you monthly mission. And your mission is if you push one ton with your chest, you will get muscle. It doesn't even matter how you do it. If, if you do one ton in one day or one ton across four weeks, it doesn't matter. The chances to enjoy yourself if you do one ton in one day is really high. Then you're going to fail your mission because you will not be able to complete it by the end of the month. If you do... 10 kilograms every hour that makes more sense and you will complete your quest and you will get the reward the achievement this is literally an mmo grind when you enter the main capital city i've played a lot of mmo in my life i love mmo i think it's the best uh when you enter at the beginning of the game the capital city and you see the full stuff high level guy walking around you and you're like jesus christ this armor looks amazing what do you need to do to get it I need to do 4,000 dungeon. Dun, dun what? I don't even know what a dungeon is. Okay, this is, this is gym. Welcome That's to the gym. That's such a good way of but putting it. First, you're going to need to grind before getting the nice level armor. What you can see on him, this amazingly defined, like, like biceps. This is so much grind, bro. You don't even have the cardio first. So mm. shut up. Go grind your cardio. Get your first month. Do your first dungeon. Then you can scale. What's important is to do the next day. Again and again and again. It's the most written. Everyone can be buff. Unless you have one specific condition, everyone can be buff. The only thing you need is discipline. 
That's it. The ability to wake up and go again and again and again. And the second rule is whatever you do in life, if you can do it for two weeks straight, it becomes a habit. It's going to be painful, then it will become a habit. So five push-ups a day, every day for 15 days is a result. That's it. Just go. And actually, every day is stupid because you will enjoy yourself. Do five days. But getting into a discipline, getting into a habit, get to end. Someday you will feel like shit. Someday I feel like shit. I don't want to go. I've been doing it for so long that I just force myself. I do my cardio. I do my abs. And I go home. And instead of half an hour cardio, I do 10-minute cardio. But I went to the gym. I woke up. And my day starts. But some days you will feel like a king. And you want to push everything. Those days, I don't do two hours. I do three. Mm. You have to enjoy them. Embrace them. But unzoom on your life. See the macro perspective. You need to push those tons if you want the muscle. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, of course, if you do one day, you push everything and you see your arm. Yeah, you're not going to see shit, bro. Don't do that. This is not... <laughs> Go again. Go for tomorrow. sure, for sure. I've been, I've been very lucky because I've had my brother as a, as a role model. Like he, um, uh, during his time when he was, uh, so, so in, in the beginning, he was always going to the gym, uh, my whole life, he's always gone to the gym, but he did the method of, uh, you know, you know, in the, in the past, there was the gym bro method that you go in and you're supposed to murder yourself, carry the heaviest weights and you have to push yourself to absolute max. It, work. It, it, it works, but he got to the point where he got a, um, like a, a disc was dislocated from his spine, you know? So he got uh-huh. really, really big, his, his numbers, uh-huh. you know? And, and he, he, this happened to him while he was uh, studying to become a dentist. But uh, what he, his reaction to that was, so basically this, they prescribed him strong opioids because they were like, this is fucked up. It's like, if we do surgery, there's a risk that, uh, oh, you know, shit. you might not be able to walk. So basically he did, he just, he, he kept going to the gym but he did it in a in a newfound way and he kind of rehabilitated himself, you know? And he just kept going Good. to the gym. Nothing changed. Even when he had a disc- dislocated uh, fucking disc in his spine. And at the same time as, uh, you know, he, he uh, did the dentist school because in Sweden it's very, very intense because the universities there are, are very, very known for, for the dentists that they produce. And he kept going, kept going. And now he's, he's working as a dentist, but at the same time he's competing in bodybuilding competitions. And I see, nice. him, I see, he, like I see, he's he's counting, you know, the salt packs from McDonald's that we went to to pick by because they're <laughs> six gram, and he's he's um, he's he's counting all the macros, nutrients, and he's waking up at five every morning. And uh, if he can do it while he's working eight hours doing surgery as a dentist, it's like what the fuck can I say, you know? So when I started my fitness journey now, because I told myself in season, I always had an excuse as to why not to do it. And uh, I only did it when I wanted my players to do it. And it was kind of indirect. So my first yeah. two, two weeks in my off season, I went to Sweden. I started gymming with him and I just went to the gym with him every single day when he went. Now I came back and uh, my, method is, it? my method is I write down the week when I want to go. And then some, some days I feel like so shit and I'm just staring at the paper, you know? And I have this battle in my brain. I, ah, maybe today you don't go. Maybe today I'll sleep a little bit longer. Yeah, I know, I Sometimes know, I, I sit know. there for one hour, two hours. <laughs> it's, uh, it's always that battle. But then when you get to the gym, it's like, you know, everything, the ritual is coming back to you. You know, it's like you're at the gym. Might as well fucking try as hard as you can. Yeah. You know? The hardest is to go there. The for hardest sure. is to go there. For That's sure. for sure. That's true. Building a habit is good. And you will, it's so easy to find excuses. Yeah, you yeah. will always have people 
telling you what you're doing is wrong. You should not doing like this. You should do like this. You should mm. do. Okay. There's so many different ways to take care of your body. What's important is to do it. Just go. Go again. Even if it's five minutes. Even if it's ten. If you don't feel like it, don't go. It's fine. Don't complain about it. Mm. Then if not, if not, because it's hard. Some people can't. They can't find the motivation. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then you will find the right moment. Maybe your current ecosystem is not good for you. Yes, yes. Okay. If that's good enough of an excuse for you not to go, then don't go, you know. That's as easy as it is. Uh, don't like, think. It's like every, everyone is facing their own level of, of, of challenge and uh, whatever progress means in your context is what is important. For some, that could be just getting oh, yeah. out of bed and brushing your teeth. And that could be massive progress. And that's the challenge that someone is facing. And it's always working. Oh, it, it's always at a very, very different scale. As long as you, you try to make decisions that are moving you in the direction that you uh, see yourself in, right? Moving your body helps. Just walking. Yeah, it's, walking like, good. it's like fresh air, you know, drinking a glass of water. Yeah. You know, you can you can build so much uh, positive momentum in, uh, in, uh, in making good decisions, you know? Because it's so easy to uh, to tell ourselves why we shouldn't. Yeah, it's yeah. It's, it's like the curse of uh, uh, the technology moving too fast forward, and uh, you know us having access and uh, access to food and warmth and shelter. Yeah. We don't need to run from lions. We don't need to <laughs> hunt for. No, our we food. don't. That's and for sure. When we find some sweet berries in the forest, we don't eat them to the max because we're preparing yeah. for a winter. <laughs> get them delivered on gorillas now, and mm. one click I get the berries. This is yes. good. We are very, very outdated, so we need to kind of uh, rewire ourselves. I um, wanted to uh, bring up because uh, now I know I, I've kept you for so long. I feel like we could be talking forever. You know. The same way that is for sure. It's, it's, uh, I, I always do this thing when I have guests on is where I, I ask the guest to ask a question to my future guest and uh, they don't know who the guest will be. And the, the question that I got from Freak was, who is your favorite esports personality? And, and tell me why. <laughs> my favorite esports personality. Um, that is a good question. That is a great question, because I have to think, um, which country will I go? I might, I might, I might just take caps. I might just take caps because the level of love he has for the game and seeing him work mm. is incredible. Not always, sometimes he's, sometimes he's a troll. Sometimes he needs to challenge himself, and then and, and sometimes he can have a bit of a genius syndrome, you know, like he, he needs to feel special um, by breaking the game. Um, but most of the time, it's just fascinating to see him work, see him think, see him try to break things and recreate things, and, and that, makes, that makes him really inspiring. Um, so, yeah, on the, on the player side of things, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna take him. Um, on the management side, I think a coach which really impressed me um, is Daler, mm. one of the main architects behind the Fnatic 18 wins back then. I think I think his approach of coaching back then was was crazy, um, and it, it changed things for sure. Um, I think on the uh, 
on the talent side, let me think. Uh, I go to other games as well. I don't know. So stuff is I've, I know too many people there. <laughs> what would you? Who would you pick as an esports personality? It's too complicated. You know, you have to. You have to. Um, I I I I I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know to be honest. Yeah, Stefano. Mm. Stefano. I think what he what he did for uh, for for bags and um, for for StarCraft two was was incredible. Um, I mean, actually, I mean, if I have to say on the French side, like 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 Camito, uh, <laughs> like mm. what he did for the French ecosystem over the last two three years was absolutely incredible. A um, lot of respect for that. In a way, he buy as well. It's crazy what he did for, for the Spanish yes, side of yes. things, you know. Uh, so all those people in a in a different way were 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 mind blowing, and I have a lot of lot of respect for them. Um, yeah, in the US, I really liked the way Captain Flower and his love for the game and mm-hmm. Ophelia, uh was was those two those two humans did. I think was was beautiful. Um, did a lot, did a lot, too many. Now I have to think of a question for the next person. <laughs> um, huh? This is hard. It's gonna be an esport person for sure. Yeah, I can tell you uh, what the next guess is. I'm going to have. Oh Mac, yes, I have. Uh, I'm going to have Mac on from from Mad Lions. Mac. <laughs> I love Mac. Um, all right, all right. So I need to get a really hard question. Uh, he's a great guy. I have a lot of respect for what he's doing for for at Mad Lions and 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 how he's trying to 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 change things. Um, and and all the process they had. And I think it's oh, wait, let me. Let me. Um, so after, when did they win? It was 2021, I think, right? Uh, yes, yes. So how did he challenge his internal approach of training starting 2023? Which, I mean, they, after winning 2021, so by the end of 2021, he has the feeling that he created something which mm. is sustainable as a good process. Then it instantly gets challenged. In 2022, with them not winning, uh, how do you enter 2023? Challenging your own process, the own stuff you created, going to a final uh, at winter a few weeks ago, expecting to go to another final. And I'm asking this because I know he spends a lot of time and a lot of energy about creating and nurturing a good ecosystem with his incredible um, friend and uh, performance coach which is james the uh, the viking guy mm. um so yeah i would love to have those discussion with mac actually i mean i had I had them a few times already uh, yes, i know i know we 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 think we think alike um but yeah so that's that's my question how does he feel after oh i got a system yeah it's not working okay we go again mm. and 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 yeah oh, that's that's a very good question as this is in, in exactly in line with, with what I'm curious about, you know, in terms of I how, can imagine <laughs> how, how, how Max Mac works. You know, I'm 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 genuinely interested and, and intrigued. I had my first interaction with him when uh, he was, um, I think it was uh, before uh, COVID hit. I had uh, him and uh, Karzi. They were on the post game lobby, and you know, sometimes. Now, it sounds silly, but sometimes you talk to someone and you look them in the eye and you kind of get a 
you get a f- good feeling about someone, you know, and then you yeah, you, you, you feel incentivized to just follow what they are doing and to pay attention. And uh, uh, I was definitely, you know, that 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 feeling and chasing that feeling of just oh, this is someone I want to pay attention to uh, has definitely been, you know, rewarding. So I'm very excited to actually sit down and and and, and speak to him. I uh, I'm, I'm very excited about this one. You know, Roma, this has been uh, a joy, truly. Uh, How long? Uh, we, Midnight. Three and a half. Right. Three and a half hours. Good. Still have for me, man. Uh, it's All like, right. I, I, I wanted to uh, ask you: uh, Is this something that you would like to talk about? That uh, you know, you know, is in the back of your mind. You know, is this something that uh, well, we haven't we covered? covered. We've, we've covered pretty extensively <laughs> some topics <laughs> for sure. Um, no, I'm, I'm happy. It was it was really fun. As always, when I sit down to talk with you, mm. we would have fun. So uh, thank you for having me and giving me a platform to no. discuss those topics, which I believe are, are fascinating. No, um, my, as friends. I'm happy you confirmed everything that uh, I suspected about what uh, you and your team Good. has accomplished. You know, I, I, it's been uh, very, very interesting listening to you and really, you know, uh, putting uh, a solid uh, foundation and idea behind some of my assumptions. So <laughs> that's been wonderful. I will. I'll make you proud. <laughs> I'll, I'll be it's only you. the beginning. I'll be seeing you uh, at the LEC this weekend. So uh, I nice. Will make, I will make sure not to bother tomorrow. You. Oh, tomorrow. Shit. <laughs> Bro, I actually. I, I mean, <laughs> in, 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 in 20 hours. <laughs> I forgot. I, I have to. I, I, think, I think my mind is suppressing it because I have to take a train eight in the morning. I'm gonna travel six hours and then. Uh, oh wait, the where time. are you now? I'm I'm in the Copenhagen? middle of nowhere. With the middle of nowhere, <laughs> it's it's a village called Lipstadt. It's uh, the, oh, the, the house Christ. of I'm in the house of my All girlfriend's right. parents. Uh, so I'm I'm taking it easy, you know. So good. Take the train and then I'll, I'll see you there. And uh, hopefully, see, see week. hopefully I have time to to maybe visit the G2 facility. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, come, come. When we discuss it, yeah, come, of course, of see. course. All the best to you. Yeah. Perfect. Same, Monsieur Mato. Take care, my man. Yeah. All the best to you. Bye bye. Ciao. Bye bye. Ah, what a blessing, guys. What a blessing. That that was that was wonderful. Uh, Truly, truly, something special. I I enjoyed this super super much. Uh, If you missed any of the discussion, guys, uh, it will be on YouTube. It will be on Spotify. The usual locations. This was a very very interesting conversation. I'm I'm happy how um how how much he 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 shared and was willing to you know uh, talk about what G2 does because I think is 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 very important to 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 put a highlight on that because I appreciate teams that are doing things uh, different and are constantly uh, trying to reinvent themselves and um, are always uh, trying to find ways to to compete at the highest level because uh, of course. That is what is going to change a whole region, that is going to force a whole region to adapt, and that is going to incentivize everyone to uh, truly, truly, you know, um, uh, try to find new ways of staying ahead of the curve. Uh, you know, I, I was already excited about G2, but uh, having this conversation, you know, just uh, confirmed uh, a lot of the in uh, like intangible suspicions suspicions I had about G2 with the small and nuggets of information that I've managed to collect through conversations with players and their interviews and so forth. But uh, this definitely, you know, confirms that uh, G2 is doing so, so much right. And, uh, you know, it, it's it's so nice to to see that the, the passion uh, really, really bleed through. 
because uh, that's um, always, always exciting. Uh, I will continue now with uh, maybe a couple of LCS games. Uh, I, as mentioned before, I have to wake up really early to take a train, so I, I probably won't uh, stick around super, super long. But um, yeah, let's let's see what uh, our dominate is up to. And yeah, I revealed it now. The next guest is going to be Mac. It's just a uh, just a uh, Yamato Cannon special uh, leak here for you guys. I think that's going to be super cool too. Another world. Immortals have the setup. They have. There's yep. two bombs. I'll drop. C9 versus TL. Did they already play? Oh, they did. Who won? C9 won. C9 must have won. No? I'm watching. I see that uh, Harry picked a Kali. There's no way they can win. No offense. Vision, but it's Kinvi who finds him. Should be pretty easy for Rakan to get away from that one with a grand exit. One yeah. minute until Baron spawns. Vickla's about 800 gold-ish ahead, so and he's more than the total advantage right now. Um, you know, it is an advantage for... Alright. Bottom lane. Let's see what's happening. Well, now Immortals has got to make sure they don't 